Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Podcast. This is the back of the bus session. Hello, and welcome to the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions Podcast. Today, guys, I'm absolutely buzzing. I've got one of my old best mates in the whole universe on the bus with me. I was just saying to this guest beforehand, I'm a little nervous of this one because everybody else that I've had on, I love to bits, but they're people that I didn't have much background knowledge. I just knew about their passions. Now, this guest, I know pretty much everything about in every way. And we've had a bit of a history together. And I'm really excited just to hear what the hell you've been up to. So welcome aboard. Are you ready for this, Jagger? Let's go. Oliver Carlishaw. <laughs> By the way, we've got Jagger in the background now. Yeah, he that knows, wasn't me. He knows a lot about Ollie as well. And we're just excited because we've missed you, man. It's, but what's it been? Two years? What, since I was since Last, I was back here? With us, with your boys. With your boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I left, uh, I left to go to Lisbon in 20, March 2020, the week of, of COVID. Man. The week of all the lockdowns. <laughs> I felt like I was getting airlifted out of here. <laughs> but then I landed smack bang in Lisbon and it was just as shitty over there as well. So was it shitty? Yeah, I arrive and then uh, I show up. It's dead bizarre. I come out the plane. First person I speak to in Portugal is some security guard that's like, how much money do you make? And I was like, what? Turns out they don't make much money over there. So he was like, oh, where are you from? UK. <laughs> so I had a weird conversation as soon as I got off the plane. But then I was driving through the city, going to my accommodation, and there's nobody in the street. I just, and I was, we were in the main, you know, Avenida de Libertad. It's like the main fucking street. Mm-hmm. Down, smack bang in the centre. There's nobody around. This was only like seven o'clock in the evening. It's quite literally just you. Yeah. And I thought, hang on a minute. I was asking my Uber. I was like, is this normal? He's like, <laughs> Are <"Nope."> we right? <laughs> no. Covid. Covid. I'm like, okay, well, obviously. I mean, it's mad. I think that's where we're going to start with this podcast, Ollie. I want to really go into the depths of what happened to you and where you went from Lisbon onwards. And then I think we'll find our way back to the Ripley boys we know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> what do you want to know? Like, what the fuck happened? Well, How well, I got over there? Yeah, what was the moment you found out? And I, please do the Ollie way of telling stories where you drag it out into a beautiful way. Don't just glance over bits. Tell me <laughs> every moment in the month-by-month scenario. But I want to know how you first got a, a call to ask you go, to go over to Lisbon, how that come about, and then what the first part of it was and sort of what it's evolved to. Okay, sweet. Well, before I got the, um, before I, I got the sort of invitation to go to Lisbon, I was living on my own in Derby, mm. and I was trying to build this online health coaching business, but it was going terribly. Mm. I was just posting on Facebook all the time and it wasn't working. I couldn't get any clients and stuff. And I was just, I was just spending most of my time just in my apartment on my own on my laptop interacting with facebook literally Mm. like all day hey facebook hey facebook how you doing it was completely fucking with mental health so i was just like hang on this ain't this ain't going well this ain't so i thought all right let's uh let's build a website so download the software yeah 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 and i start talking to their support staff and i think hang on a minute are you guys looking for a job and said no. Like, okay, sweet. Well, that's that's another now another branch <laughs> chopped off. Fair enough. Okay, trying to just get myself out of this fucking apartment and go somewhere, you know. Uh, but then their um, yeah, their their CEO, mm. he just sent me this really random email, and he he acknowledged how random it was in the email. It's like, this is not an invita- This is not something that anyone like will ever get in their inbox, mostly in their life. This is very strange. And he goes, so basically, I'm putting together a team. I'm putting together a team of people to come to Lisbon with me to work on this new project. And this dude is like a, this absolute 
this dude's a millionaire basically he's, mm. like, he's like a really successful guy he runs about three or four successful companies mm-hmm. and it's like I'm putting together this uh, basically a crack team of people to come to Lisbon to, to work on this new project where what we're going to do we're going to run a little experiment where we're going to see how productive um, humans can be when they live together mm. they work together on like a new project they meditate together they exercise together they cook eat together that kind of thing mm. and we're going to see how that goes so I thought alright that sounds cool as fuck. Can, that sounds like exactly what I was looking can for. Can I intersect to that? Can you break down, because you do this beautifully, <laughs> actually what was going on in your mental cogs there? Because, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Brilliant. But was there any nerves or any apprehension towards it as well? Were you thinking, hang on, that sounds too good to be true? Mate, you know what's stupid? <laughs> I often get this sense <clears throat> that shit just falls into my lap and then I just sort of take it. Because there, was, there wasn't really much... In, in the way of the cogs turning. Mm. One thing I did notice is I got this email through because he sent it to his whole email list of like yeah. 11,000 people or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, usually what I would do is I'd see an opportunity like this and I'd go, hmm, okay, well, not really, not really much point me applying for it because <laughs> this is just an email that goes to everyone else, someone, some other people, some other mysterious, interesting, very competent, capable people will yeah. get it, but I can't get it ever. But I thought, I was going through a bit of a period where I thought, you know what? Like a, like a Jim Carrey yes man kind of yes. vibe at the time in my life. So I thought, fuck it, let's just apply for it. And then lo and behold, like two weeks later, it was like, hey, Oliver. This is actually a written, handwritten personal email. Like, hey, Oliver, I really liked your application. I'm just like, fuck off. Really? <laughs> what? Really? What? Did you think someone was taking a piss a little bit? Well, I thought, you know, I, I, was, um, I was so close to just, delete, just clicking delete on the email and just say like, nah. Like I thought it was some spam email. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. And it was like, yeah, mate. Well, you know, we had a couple of calls with him. There was like a bunch wow. of different stages. And eventually it was like, yeah, so okay, did, come to Lisbon. Had he done a little bit of background conversations uh, with people and then looking at your page and the YouTube channel that you created? Had he seen, no, this guy's legit. I definitely want to work alongside him. Yeah, he checked out my channel. Really? Because it's, it's really good. Just tell everyone where they can go for that channel because it is it's awesome. Oh, man, it's, it's good, but it's changed direction so many times. Has it? Over the years. I've started doing this channel. <laughs> I've been watching it recently, man. I love it. I mean, I love the direction it's in now. Like, I, th- I feel like I've actually found something that's, um, that's, that, that lines up way deep, more deeply with who I really am and what I'm trying to do. As, but, yeah. as an observer... It's definitely turned into the authentic man I know. You seem very you on there. I think both of us can go for that where we put out stuff and we can look back at it and go, oh, Mikey. Yeah, mate, honestly. So it's it's probably a creator's curse, isn't it? You know, you just keep creating and then you look back like a year or two and you have to go through it. Yeah, and if, I guess mm. I, one thing I'd like to tell myself is if I don't look at old videos and cringe a bit, mm. this is a sign I've not really, I've not really made much <laughs> yeah. progress. If I, look, if, I look, if I look at a video from three years ago, and I'm like, brilliant. Mate, that's a great attitude. Exactly. This person's better than I am. Like, <laughs> Come on. It's like, I've not made any progress. So yeah, you can just go, it's my name. It may change, but it's my name, Oliver Cowlishaw. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or something mm. somewhere. So oh, if you type that in on YouTube, you find you find a couple of videos of me fighting someone, apparently. But you'll also find some videos of me talking about dating. I, I've found the fighting ones. Again. I've been there, <laughs> yeah, mate. Okay. I love them. Yeah, <laughs> mate, honestly. You, oh, because yeah. well, we're going to go there as well, mate. Honestly, I know so enough about you to be able to take this in all directions. Yeah, yeah. All right, bring <laughs> but, it on. Any, any direction, man. Fuck it, yeah, let's go. The the Lisbon, you've had this email. You it decided and found out it is true. You've yeah, had conversations. Yeah, yeah it's legit. I have, I have some Zoom calls with the guy. Wow. And his, uh, yeah, it was it went really, really well. So I thought, cool, let's see how that goes. 
And um, yeah, one of my friends around that time, I told her about it. And she was like, you know, you're going to get it, don't you? And I was like, I, I kind of, I don't know. But there's a part of me that's like, maybe, I think so. Mm. And I, I don't know where that confidence came from. Because it certainly weren't a feature of my personality before that. Is this confidence that, yeah, I know what I'm doing. So, but then I did get it. Wow. So, what, what's the timeline here then? When are you actually flying out? It, it, from the first email when I received it, it was like um, day one. And then about 60 days later, I'm... About yeah, about a couple of months I'm flying out. Sixty days. So, so yeah, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't long. It wasn't long. What I are you doing in that stopgap then? <laughs> dicking about basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just dicking about, <laughs> mate. Really. Yeah, I mean, I was still co- sort of doing some personal training work and stuff like that. Um, just to sort of uh, keep afloat. Tied you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but then I just thought, fuck it. I just can't wait. Mate. I can't wait. I've always had this sort of uh, this desire to to adventure yeah to just fuck off and just go to different countries and meet different people and have bizarre adventures and stuff wow and like yeah. we all feel that way yeah no, and i was trapped in this apartment in derby and i was just sort of like this ain't balls. what i want mate what am i doing here <laughs> just sat here on facebook <laughs> all day we on your own what in this apartment yeah man literally yeah. that was just you with your cameras yeah. building up a bit of a profile yeah because I thought to myself you know I wanted to do this I, wa- I thought to myself let's try living alone for a bit as an adventure but mm. that kind of wore off really quickly I thought okay this is just a means to live it's hardly an adventure well that is the great thing about you though because you're willing and attempt to try everything so by for my sins yeah and the, the, but the process of el- elimination you've also realised who you are by what you don't want as much as what you do want and that seems something of you because I've always really enjoyed from seeing you just tenaciously jump into all avenues and all pools and just try it out. And then you've come back and sort of said, nah, not that one. Yeah, <laughs> mate, honestly. That, if, if you've inspired me in many ways, which you have, and you've definitely left a big imprint to me and how I live my life, that's one of the biggest. That was one where I went, dude, you fucking smash that. Try it out. Mix with this group. Not quite my people, but I like elements. And you just keep taking stuff away. I think that's awesome. It's the Bruce Lee philosophy, mate. It's What's the, that then? It's, it's, it's the idea is that you just... Um, like, Bruce Lee was the pioneer of mixed martial arts, really, as far as I can tell. And, it, and I was watching Bruce Lee movies since I was maybe like five. You were. I was trying well, to practice yeah. fucking kicking and shit. <laughs> well, not very good, obviously. Five years old. But like... Yeah, Bruce Lee was like my first philosopher I was following. And the idea is that he would try a bunch of different martial arts and mm. integrate what he found useful for himself and discard, like sometimes ruthlessly, what he didn't find useful. Mm. And ever since I heard him on an interview when I was younger say that, I was kind of just like, well, you can apply that. Yes. You, like you can apply that to, to so many different avenues in life. Try it. Mm. You know, try traveling. Try being a digital nomad for a bit. Try living alone. Try try this. Try that. Try hanging out with this kind of pe- these kind of people. Then try hanging out with that kind of people. Mm. And just take what's useful for you right. di- and discard what isn't. And I suppose this fairly interlinks that. But one of the other massive things I still recycle to people that you told me, you create your reality, and that was a huge moment. That's one that I've really when I've got into lows and lows. I've completely remembered that moment we had in a pub together where you're like, Mikey, you create the reality though. I went, oh shit, I'm the reason it's all gone to shit right now. (laughs) Or I'm the reason that it's all going well. Either way of the card, I'm the decipher. And that, that was a big one for me. 
Did you did you hear that on Blue Sleep or who gave you that one? <laughs> oh fuck knows, mate. It's, uh, I probably <laughs> realistically, I probably came across that one on some random inspirational Instagram post or something. But some stick, <laughs> don't they? That that <laughs> so, stuck for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's probably it's probably. I mean, nowadays it'd be some inspirational quote from some chicken yoga pants doing squats, <laughs> wouldn't it? Now <laughs> you create talking. your own reality. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the reason you're posting your ass yeah. on fucking <laughs> social media, is it? But, to inspire isn't people. Funny how sort of much depth and gravitas that carries. Yeah, if, you, if you're sitting then we commercialise them. But yeah, if you sit and think about it and take it into life, there's so much power within it. But again, we do sort of commercialise everything and put it in on top of something and try and sell people a package with it. But... Truthfully, the reason a lot of stereotypes exist is for a reason. They, yeah, it works, yeah. but you need to actually live it out rather than just dish it out and say it. Exactly, man. Otherwise, it's if you don't live it and if you don't try to embody it, it just mm. becomes a platitude. You just end up reading it on Instagram as you're scrolling. It's like, oh, interesting. Anyway. Yeah, blah, blah, and then, and then you, know you know go I mean? to the pub and tell it, but you're not living it. And I've definitely been that for a long time until I just took a moment out and said well come on you've got to change something at some point and actually the stuff you're saying if lived it may actually enhance your life massively so yeah, yeah that they were two big ones for me watching you act it out and having you come and say yeah you create your reality i've definitely tried to take them principles away so i thank you for that my brother <laughs> my pleasure mate my 100%. pleasure i think yeah i think i've kind of come uh yeah on that one i've kind of that's one that I keep grappling with. It's like you're a creative reality. You know, mm. it's like you create your reality. Yes. Are you the center of the universe? No, but you are the, it's like the way I see it now is like you do massage your reality, mm. you know, like your perceptions the way you believe what you believe, what you think and stuff. It, it, it warps and shapes reality. Mm. But at the same time, I maintain this sort of healthy sense of there's something we're part of something much greater than you. It's beyond your comprehension. Yes. And like, and basically that that idea for me helps keep my ego in check mm, yeah is that is that yeah i'm not the be all and end all the fucking center of the universe and stuff like, and also you do create <laughs> i did believe at one point <laughs> you do create the reality but things happen in your life that you have no control over yeah, yeah and yeah. you can't control that but i suppose you control your approach towards that exactly man yeah and after knocking about with with these like spiritual ideological circles, like hardcore hippies that mm. really believe that you create your own reality to a yeah, degree. Yeah, I get you. I realized that, the, that I realized early on of after knocking about with those kind of people that like, not to put them all in one category, but yeah. like that sort of crowd. You, you created a stereotype yeah, that does exist. Yeah, <laughs> there's some people in that crowd who just they devoid of empathy completely. Like if you, for instance, if you just get struck by I don't know, like a cancer diagnosis or something mm-hmm. like that. So like there are people that really follow that track so so strongly that they're like oh. Well, it's part of your, um, you know, there must have been some things that you were doing or some things you were thinking uh, or believing yeah, into yeah. existence that brought the cancer. I was like, <laughs> you really believe that, motherfucker? Yeah. Like, you really believe that? <laughs> Mate. Are you insane? Like, how much do you have to leave out Did to you actually believe people, people like, that? like that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Fuck. Totally. Do, I, do you know what I gets me? And I sort of feel this. People judge you on how dogs treat you. And I get that to a degree. But me and Chrissy went to a place in Bristol, <laughs> a real hippie sort of artsy place, avant-garde. And the dog, I went to pick the bone up and it bit the shit out of me. It attacked me. <laughs> and then the woman runs up and she's like, that's your fault. That And not just for, yeah, the bone thing I get, but she's like, the energy you put out and all this about my energy. I was going, I'm, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> you don't yeah. bit me. And she was having a go at me and said, yeah, it must be all this... Uh, 
underlying subconscious energy that you're pumping out into the dogs understand and i was going no your dog just bit me mate <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes it really is it really is like that you know like because if, if you if you made that argument what you could do is get the most traumatized dog possible yeah. lead it round when it starts biting everyone's like all your energies are the problem yeah. this dog's fine it's like hang on no because that's an idea there isn't it it's like the dog is traumatized so it's perceiving reality a certain way so it's perceiving threats everywhere mm. so it's like no it's not just the energy over there it's the chemistry between the energy over there and the person the dogs or the person's perception and they meet mm. in the middle and create a result and i suppose like what we're dotting about here is like laws of attraction and so on do you do you have a philosophy in that or do you have a belief pattern around that because i suppose it got really trendy when the secret came out and everyone yeah. was going oh this new thing and apparently i watched a documentary recently that was a guy who owned a pyramid scheme and he took people out into nevada desert and made them do sweat camps and they all ended up dying yeah i think i heard of that yeah Yeah, it's crazy it was an amazing documentary but then again everything's got nuance hasn't it because there's some beautiful core principles around the secret or around the laws of attraction and when they've done it into the quantum world and they've gone deep into it there's a lot of truths there but i suppose when it's rehashed into our lifestyles and into first world industry and so on it gets diluted very quickly yeah do you believe do you believe are you a believer (laughs) what what are your concepts or thoughts on the laws of attraction then okay cool uh yeah so i it's kind of strange man because no matter how whatever I encounter in my travels and in my whatever, like I always seem to think that there is this, this strange middle way that seems to be more true than any opposite, polar side, than any polar yeah. side, you know, like for example, like you have the, the hardcore pragmatists that will be like, Oh, um, you know, the law of attraction is total bullshit. It's all about action. Mm. Nothing else. It's like, okay. And you get the hardcore law of attraction people that will just put a fucking vision board of a Ferrari on the wall and just sit there jerking off. (laughs) Eventually a Ferrari will pull up outside my house and I can just get in it. And it's like, dude, you're fucking procrastinating (laughs) and you know it. But then I'm I'm also not with the hardcore action people who are just like your your beliefs and your intentions and stuff. It's all bullshit, fucking bullshit, woo-woo stuff. Just pull 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 yourself up by your own bootstraps and shit. I'm like, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Yes. So like... It's, it's like for example if you if you're going in the wrong direction like progress and action is the, is the last thing you need mm. right so if you get someone for example who that's a good saying yeah it is isn't it, it? Is, I not, love it's, that. yeah it's not a bad one so like you get some people that they, they'll take radical action but they've got fundamental issues with how they perceive reality mm. like like for example if you have someone who believes in some really harmful conspiracy theory Right, yeah. but then they take shitloads of action. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're actually because you've not examined your own beliefs and the way you detriment. perceive reality. You're now your action is producing a net negative, mm. right? So I think when it comes to law of attraction stuff, like it's somewhere in the middle. Like yeah. what the, the the work I do with clients, it's kind of a combination of things. Like I work as a dating coach now for clients for guys who are like they struggle with their uh, like social anxiety, they struggle with shyness, and they mm. struggle with um, conversation and stuff like that mm-hmm. with with women. And it's like, okay, we could go the full law of attraction route and just sit in a room and just be like, just, okay, <laughs> I'm an attractive man. I'm a confident man. Bada, 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 bada. But like reality hasn't, hasn't showed you any evidence that that's true yet. Mm. 
Mm. Right, so you, a part of your subconscious will always be like bullshit, because you can't fool yourself for long enough, right? Eventually, there's a part of you that's always going to say, like, if you just sit there and go, "I am a rich, money is flowing to me," you know, mm. and you check your bank account and it's yeah. like got five quid in it. Yeah, reality is saying you're bullshit, and sub- your subconscious is always going to be in conflict with it, right? Mm. So, like, <laughs> yeah, the truth is somewhere in between. But at the same time, with my clients, we examine like uh, the beliefs that are, are giving rise to the, their results. Mm-hmm. But we also, I also challenge them to take action yeah. in such as like, look, you see a cute girl in a coffee shop, go and fucking talk to her. Mm. Don't just law of attraction and, oh no, get <laughs> a problem. I, just, I can just go, no, no, no. You're going to use this law of attraction stuff and the meditation and all the rest of it as a, as a, as a cop out. Yeah. At some point, no matter what you want to do, if you want to shape your life in a certain way, at some point you will come up against some very real uncomfortable resistance. And I actually mm. think that the law of attraction, the reason why the idea was so palatable when the secret came out mm-hmm. is because humans will find basically any reason to avoid the path of resistance. Yep. So if you get a big ideology, like the secret or whatever, or the law of attraction, will come out and say, listen, you don't actually have to do all the hard work. <laughs> you can just like think it, believe yeah. it, manifest it into existence and it comes easier. Mm. Now I'm not saying success always has to be grindy hard work, mm. but there always will be some form of resistance because we don't like changing as human beings, mm. do we? So, yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at on it. I think that's a stunningly good attitude, like, mate. Action. You need fucking action. Yeah. It's like if, if, I, if someone came to me wanting to change, I want to change something in my life. I actually think if I gave them, like one of the things I like to do with my clients to overcome social anxiety is a, a, like a 30-day social challenge exper- experiment. Mm. Where like every day they'll do something, like an actual social challenge in the world. Okay. Such as approach a stranger and, you know, approach him and say, I'll, I'll change you to a game of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Rock, oh, paper, rock scissors. paper scissors yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like do that <laughs> and the following day you approach a stranger and ask him how the day is going and strike up a conversation mm. and stay stay in the conversation for about 30 seconds longer than you think you should yes and just like continuously put yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone that produces more um, palatable results in the world mm. than saying you know what let's figure out some affirmations and then just, and then just sit there and do these affirmations for a while mm. and I'm not saying those things aren't useful but if I if, I'm a, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, then I'd put all my money on the guy that's taking radical action without thinking about it as, it, as, as a way of changing yeah. his life. So I guess I am put sort of 60% towards the action mm. and 40% towards the law of attraction side of things, you know? Hey, that rhymes. Did it? Action, law of attraction. Action, law of attraction. You are a fucking poet, aren't you? Well, <laughs> you can't help yourself, can my, you? My friend, my, my friend always said to me recently as well um, that... Also, you've got to be careful because the more you want something and put it out there, put it out there, it can also repel it. It, it leaves that. a yeah that that was a, a thoughtful idea. But again, how you've ended up in Lisbon, yes, may have been this idea of I really want this, I really want to get out there. This feels like there's something out there for me. That's a beautiful energy that you're putting across. But also, you'd sent emails, you thought about what is your approach, and yeah, you've embodied that. You've shown that. It does take a little bit of belief and putting the right energies out, but also, more so, <laughs> it's got to be the action done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I often, I often think now, um, what matters, probably, what matters equ- at least equally, maybe yeah. more so than an action, is the intention behind it. Yes, that's like, so good. Like if you, if you are engaging in law of attraction kinds of thinking. And deep down, the intention is that you actually want to avoid the shit, the hard work that you actually know that you need to do, that mm. would actually produce scary success mm. in your life. If that's the intention, then 
you can you, if the intention is to is to avoid and procrastinate you will find any tool mm. like no tool will work to get you success because the intention is is uh, is off mm. right so I often, i'm often more interested in what's my intention what's nice. what's my client's intention what's he trying to do if he t- if he comes to me saying hey I, I want a girlfriend it's like what's his real intention here you know so now so you've said that it's sort of triggered an idea but what was your first intention of going to Lisbon? What was that intention? Then we'll talk about the sort of now intention. Oh, man. I, I, I think my intention when I wanted to go to Lisbon initially was to escape, mm-hmm. really. It was to escape complicated like family dynamics. Mm-hmm. It was to... I also wanted to desperately just be special mm-hmm. and, and just, to just be, in a sense, better than what I perceived to be everyone else. Mm. And I thought, you know what, if I'm always like, if I go to Lisbon, a very trendy city, cool, 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 I can tell everyone I've gone to Lisbon and they'll think I'm awesome and shit like that. <laughs> like that. That was a real palatable part of it. Do you think, and I want to keep going down the path where we're going, but do you think there's some nice nuance in that too, though? Because it sent you there. Yeah. And the ego, <laughs> we, I mean, both of us, we've tried to destroy our egos in the past and just be like, we don't want any ego anymore. I don't... A, a full sense of loss of it. Yeah. But also. You know, I would never have got on a stage if I didn't have ego. I would have never put a video out there. And you probably wouldn't have done many of things that your ego was telling you to do. Mm. So have you grown friends with it? And do you think it's actually a decent part of you? I'm, I'm, dude, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Because it's true. Because you can you can fall into that trap of just being like, I went out there for these reasons and that was wrong. <laughs> but now I've seen the light. Now I'm fine. It's like, no, no. Like, I often think with any uh, action or any change you want to make... I, I try to think about it now for myself as what are the uh, the more chimp-like motivations yeah. and what are the more fucking blissful Jesus-like yeah. like intention behind it. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what's the, ch- the there's a chimp part of me that wants to fight and fuck everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a, a Jesus part that wants love and altruism yeah. and peace for everybody. Yeah. They're both there mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But if I just ignore the chimp and try and fool myself into thinking I'm nothing but mm, Jesus. This is beautiful. Then I'm yeah. then I'm like I'm fooling myself and I'm pushing my own shadow away. Yes. Right? And it's always gonna chase me no matter what, because we always cast a shadow, mm. right? But if I then identify completely with chimp, which a lot of people do, yeah. they fall into the trap of thinking I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. You're not a piece of shit. Yes, you want to fuck everything, you want to fight everything. Yes, you get angry, yes, you get whatever, yes, you procrastinate. And that's been perpetuated through your journey and the story that you've told yourself and been on like it could have been passed down through ancestries and people yeah, yeah. have told them this is the way exactly yeah, yeah. but you are more than that for sure mm. uh, it's just I, I love because the idea is like i try to i try to take every part of me and bring it along for the ride yeah that's, you know yeah, that's lovely, and yeah. my whole journey through life like you, you come in it's like a fucking movie that you don't know the answer you don't know what the plot is you come into life <laughs> you're like what's the plot of this shit like, no no one really knows yeah. like, oh maybe it's this thing maybe it's that well fuck that and, and then you, you go through and then you die so it's like along the along the way I, I keep trying to like one of the most enriching things the most exciting things for me is continually learning more about myself mm. it's like every now and then I, I learn something that scares me sometimes and, yeah. and I'm just like Ooh, okay that's part of me but then sometimes I'm like oh wow that's part of me too mm. and like what I try to do I try to live in such a way that they're all on the bus ah <laughs> he did it he did it <laughs> I need a trigger when somebody says anything like that on him just bing, 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 bing. <laughs> fanfare yeah. comes to try playing trumpets and shit like a marching band <laughs> <laughs> but it's true I try to live in such a way where everything's like everything's along for the ride mm. so one thing I've been working 
um, and I'll, I'll kind of nutshell this because this might lead to another tangent, but I've been working with a, a coach for a while now, coach slash mentor slash therapist, to be honest, um, about um, getting in contact with this part of me that's an inner child. A child that's scared, a child that doesn't trust himself, a child that's just, is driving the bus, he makes loud noises, he throws tantrums and shit like that. Mm. And um, just been trying to like contact that part of me and bring it, bring it into the fold mm. you know rather than push it away and shove it away and saying oh i'm such a fucking child you're a piece of shit there yeah, i should grow up i should fucking you know instead of being aggressive about it just be you know just be kinder to understanding. that understanding yeah understanding compassion be kind to him mm. and invite him onto the bus <laughs> rather than trying to kick him off the bus every two seconds you know so because he feels a part of it then you can have genuine conversations with him yeah and you can use that potential because mm. i don't want to be a, i don't want to be a man who has lost all the capacity for play and for fun and mm. for wonder and to ask interesting questions like we know kids do. In fact, like, we've met enough adults that have, that have somewhat successfully extinguished their inner mm. child and now they're just this soulless, like, meh, I need more money. Meh, that's my yeah. thing. Meh. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. So back to the, um, the, the sort of um, the Jesus and the, the chimp mm-hmm. within us. I tried to like, I tried to be the Messiah for a while. It, all it took was me listening to Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. And then, and then for a year, I tried to create this like Tell hippie. Everybody. I was like, I was like dressed in hippie clothes. And I was like, yes, everybody. Uh, and I even, I even did these like meditation little events at, in this abandoned factory. And, I went to one. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was just like, I was reading from like these Zen Buddhism books. I didn't fucking understand what they meant. But I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, yes. Oh, this is an interesting riddle. I understand. But it's fine if you don't understand. It's like, I tried to be the Messiah for a while because I was shoving away the chimp. Oh, but now I'm like, okay, if I want to go in that way, like if I want to make lots of money. Mm. Yeah, there's a, the chimp. There's like one sort of bitches and all the fucking, you know, all the parties and shit. And there's also the part of me that's like, look, if I have loads of money, then maybe I could have a family. Yeah. And, ma- and maybe I could support my family maybe i could you know i could i could maybe donate to charities that i believe in or maybe mm. found my own charity with the money i have and shit like that like so there's there's both motivations mm. but it's like to bring both of them along for the ride because they're there anyway it's it's basically self-awareness isn't it because <laughs> everyone says oh money's the problem money's the root of evil money's not been around for that long <laughs> there was something that was a root of evil way before money the devil mm. would be like you bastards what about me <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah genuinely I, I, it's now to that level where you've understood yourself you've been through such a journey such a ride and you understand where you're at now and you've got that self-awareness to go it's what i do with the money and it's where i place all my intentions and it, it seems like you've genuinely got a, a greater understanding of how to lay out intentions that are tangible and that make sense to you for that and it's always to change isn't it yeah but i do believe like you say there's a beautiful duality where you know as soon as you start going really really materialistic and down that plat path it doesn't feed your soul anymore but you can still take if you know something's going to feed you and you know something's going to give you a brilliant feeling for a while, mm. you can go with it now. And you're not on either side of the fence anymore. And yeah. it feels, yeah, I've, it's, it's a nice moment when you get to that, isn't it? That, yeah. That, and I'll just reach on what you said before about that character. I had a guy on um, Paul Cope and was speaking in the kitchen about him. Yeah. He said a similar thing. There was a character in his life he hated for a long time, which was Bane. 
and it was this angry, as you imagine Bane to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrible, very compassionate fellow, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, a really horrible, angry side to his nature, and it had always come out because he couldn't consciously control Bane or talk with Bane. So Bane was just there, and he'd probably be off the bus, but when he saw too much going on, he'd go on and scream at everyone. So he didn't make friends with Bane, but. When he built up this idea of, you know what, I'm going to talk to Bane. I'm going to allow him onto the bus and make friends with him. Uh, he was really negative to Bane at the time. He was saying, I wish you were never around. I wish you weren't here. He says, yeah, Paul, but I've replaced a character that's not here at the minute. And he said, well, who was that? Uh, Paul did to Bane. He goes, the one that wanted to kill you. So because he was angry at the world and because he had that anger inside him, Bane was still there to say, no, we need to keep going. We need to keep going. He said, I just replaced the one that wanted to kill you. Shit. So it was like a protection. Yes. Like, so Bane was like a, serving a protector role. A whole, yeah. Complete. And on it, when he said that, I was going, oh, wow. So you're saying those negative traits and characters outside the bus aren't all bad. They're actually people that we can take elements of them and start to make our lives better by introducing them. And That's what a you fucking said, mind blower, isn't it? It's that? good. Isn't like, it? <laughs> if you shame, if you're like, yeah, Bane's a part of you, and you're shaming Bane. Yeah, Bane's like, because he's Bane. Mm. He's like, fuck you, I'm trying to protect you. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, fuck you, I don't like you. I don't fucking like you either. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, but actually, the, the role of him was all, always to be like, look, if it weren't me, mm. it'd be this fucking dude in the back yeah. that will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you stuck with me. <laughs> so honestly, man, I, I love that. You know, we've not seen you for years and I'm enjoying today. I hope we stay, see each other more often, all of us, because I love you. Nine quid to but, get back to yeah, fucking UK honestly, from Lisbon. You are, you are I can't a, pay that, mate. You are a top-notch I'm lad. Cheddar. <laughs> and I, I do also, I love the fact that we've been on such random, vehement journeys, the three of us still, me, you and Jagger, I'm equating to. But we've come there back... Camera, there's no camera on Jagger. Yeah, we need to get a Jagger cam. We need a Jagger cam. <laughs> yeah, That's what we need. We need a cam. Cam. Maybe a camera right here that's just pointing to Jagger. Just, just like, yes, my back. boy. It's not changed that much. But, <laughs> but still, we, we have... Um, we've grown similar paths still out of it. We've lived our... You've been to Lisbon, I've been here, but the truth that we're coming back to tell are very similar. And I think that's really poetic. I think that's it feels really beautiful that you've gone and done your thing, but you're coming back around and I'm like, oh, I heard that too, that got me. Yeah. And it, it does show that we're so similar in who we are. And I suppose we can, after we've been through the whole Lisbon story, talk about our past selves and who we were. But I've all you're somebody that's always going to come back around and go, dude, I'm so happy you're of existence. I'm so happy you're in the world because we are so, so similar. And and I suppose we do latch on to them. That's a profound thing, or that <laughs> sounds right. Yeah. So let's jump in to a bit more then of when you're at Lisbon, because we I love that we go off on a path and we end up down here. We went well over there, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> you're in Lisbon, and you've you've gone with a bit of a an egocentric side of your nature, but at least it's took you there and it's got you here. What are you doing, <laughs> and where, who are you with? What's happening at this time? Yeah, so I'm living with, I'm living with a few of my uh, business partners, mm-hmm. and we're all working on this business together. Um, we started a business, a personal development brand called Icario, Mint. and it's still they're still running now. Even though I've, I've left a couple of months ago, but it's still running, and I still keep in contact with the guys and stuff. But it was a personal development brand centered around helping. Initially, we started helping entrepreneurs be more productive. Mm-hmm. Because we realised that most most people know what to do, 
Most people, most people know what to do. Mm. Like if you ask someone, if, if someone was giving advice to a good friend, they'd have a good, they'd have a good few points that would produce results. Mm. But then when it's applied to ourselves, we just don't do it. Because so, <laughs> whatever, you know, because it's like difficult. Uh, so we we centered the business around that for a while. And I was living in Lisbon. We were building this business, um, and I was living, yeah, with all the with all the guys. And um, and yeah, I mean, it, obviously, COVID was happening, mm. so we weren't really doing much other than working. We became full blown workaholics. How we would all, you be working? What would your days look like? We just w- we'd wake up, we'd meditate, we'd we'd uh, exercise, we'd we'd cook, we'd have a, we'd actually have quite um, quite a lot of conversations too, just in the day. We like we, we, there was one time we uh, we we fucked off to the Algarve, um, to have like a mini retreat. We went went away for like two weeks in a villa, just to, just just to run a bunch of personal development experiments. You can actually find them on YouTube. Okay. We tried we tried little things like swapping coffee for green tea to see if that made any, dif- any difference. Mm. We tried after six p.m. stopping using using phones and blue light and just using candles and see if that affected our sleep. That was pretty cool. How would you monitor that? Would it be sort of epidemiology style? you just relating and saying how you feel, or could you study this? Basically that. Okay. Yeah, basically that, because we wanted to keep it somewhat down to earth mm. as well, and, yeah. just, and just be, okay, well, did this make a difference? Yes. Did it, you know, yes or no kind be of thing. Be reflective. Yeah, we wanted to be objective as well. Mm. So we did quite a bit of that. And uh, but yeah, COVID was, was was a thing. We all got COVID at one point. Fucking hell! <laughs> that, was that was ridiculous. That was because there was there's one of our team that was always getting ill, so we never really thought anything of it. But then one day he just walks into the living room and goes, "Guys, I uh, I can't taste anything." Mm. And then we were just like, "Lads, oh. we've all got COVID." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one there was one one of our team that just turned up from South Africa that week, and he was like, "Maybe I don't have it. It's fine." And he, and he was like, "Maybe I can maybe I can quarantine." And I was like, "Nate, this apartment is very small. Mm. Okay, you've been living with us for a week. If one of us has got COVID, you've got it as well." <laughs> but we love an optimist. Yeah, he tried he tried locking himself in the room. We're like, "How you doing, mate?" And he was like, "I'm fine. I don't feel any worse." It's so like eventually he got it. <laughs> oh, mate! So and we he all... started coughing on his door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if we're having it, you're having it. Coughing yeah. through the through the keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! You're having it. <laughs> but yeah, but it was a, it was a yeah it was a it was a laugh, mate. It was really good. So, um, you, did you really enjoy all these people you were living with from the off? Uh, yeah, but after a while, I cut, like living with these guys, man. Eventually, it started to get on my tits, and I kind of it kind of showed me myself quite well. Go and dissect it. Ba- so basically, <laughs> I had to really dive into this idea of projection, which is projecting the things you don't like about yourself onto other people mm. and thinking that it's in them and they're like, oh, it's so selfish, it's so this and that. So, and then recognising that that's actually a part of you you don't like about yourself. Mm. And when I realised that, it was like, fucking hell. Because initially, I, like, there was just some things that started to really get on my tits about some of the people that I live with. I was just like, yeah. Go on, pick a, pick a few. Pick a so few. One, one dude in particular, he just very... He came across as just very selfish, yeah. narcissistic, very selfish, very ego-centred, very, very much about him, very, like... Uh, very rigid in his routine. And if you like want to ask him a favor, work related, it's like, well, this doesn't fit into my schedule. So, no, no, no. and I just like, fuck you now, it's selfish. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it was like, initially the, the surface layer of that is this guy's an asshole. This guy's this. Mm. But if you just go deeper with that, it's like, okay, well, other people don't think that about him, mm. but you do. Mm. So that, that, that means that no matter what, there's something about you that's reacting to that. Yeah. And that specific trait and characteristic. 
So I went on a big old journey into integrating my own selfishness and the ways in which I can be a narcissistic asshole sometimes. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah, a little something called, it's called shadow work, where you actually intentionally, like, oh, you, ha- you don't like that about a person. Oh. Okay, well, find specific examples where you've been that. Did you have to and immerse like, yourself around them more, that person, to really understand the triggers so you could learn more about yourself? Yeah, well, yeah, but there's also... There's also the thing about being honest mm. and like, on, like genuinely honest, unresentful, um, open communication where you own what's going on. Yeah. So like I had to say to him, listen, I was like, look, there's, when, when you say certain things, when you do certain things, this is how I feel, you know? And mm. the story I'm telling myself is that you're selfish. And then you got to go, what's the goal here? And like, My goal is I want to live, I don't want to live with you. I want us to be cool. Mm. Um, just something's being triggered in me that I'm going to work out. And then you might have to set some boundaries, you know? It's like, when you do this, 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 this causes this reaction, mm. yada, yada, yada. It's, it's never clean. It's always like a messy conversation. But, really? But it's better than no conversation at all because then you just get resentment. You're just like, this guy's a prick. C- can I hear how it sort of did unfold then? Yeah, it, it unfolded quite well because um, this guy I'm talking about specifically, um, he's into self-development as well. Mm-hmm. And I initially I was like, shit, if I bring this up to him that he certain behaviors really really piss me off then it's just gonna it's just gonna go tits up there's gonna be tables thro- flipped and fucking drinks thrown <laughs> was, and shit was like he that. big lad <laughs> we're about the same size okay. actually <laughs> it would have been a good one then <laughs> yeah, yeah well the funniest thing is when i brought it up to him he was like yeah you know i, I was like yeah so listen i'm gonna bring this up to you yeah sometimes when you do this um it it, it pisses me off it makes me angry and then the story i tell myself is that you're a selfish asshole and you don't care and he was like yeah you know I, I know I can be. I'm working on it. I'm trying not to be so fucking selfish. I just, I know, I know it about myself. Other people have told me, oh. and I was just like, well, <laughs> I feel a bit closer to this guy. That didn't go like I thought it would. And he was wow. like, yeah, in future, just like if if something pisses you off, just tell me because I'm trying to work on it, and I appreciate oh. you being honest. And I'm like, hang on, what's going on here? Because <laughs> I thought always thought that this would always equal some shitty situation. Mm. But it taught me something about the value of, of honest conversation. And me and him are, are really, really good friends now. Wow. And I suppose everyone else in that house dynamic would understand that we all do this. So there's a lot of trust involved in everybody because they go, I- I'm getting a vibe here. I don't think he likes me. But actually, because you're in this household where you're all honest about one another, the the no is, no, he would say it if he didn't. So you're all living on this quite pure feeling of, uh, I'm not being a dick because he tell me if I'm being a dick in that way. Yeah, that, is Exa- that ex- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's I like true. That. Yeah, me too. Cause I like, I try to, I want to have people around. Me. This is about being intentional with who you spend your time with. Because mm. a concept I came across, it's a book called Radical Honesty mm. by a therapist called Brad Blanton, right? And he's this, is this fucking, is a bit of an asshole, but he don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and in the book, he's, he's he can like, be our mate. He was like a therapist for like forty years, and he was like, one of the things that I realised about my whole time working as a therapist mm. is that we're all full of shit. We're all just talking bullshit, bullshit upon bullshit upon bullshit to <laughs> is ourselves. That his first page. Yeah, it is. It's, in, it's his introduction. It's like it's like to ourselves and to each other, constant bullshit, bullshit, bullshit about everything. And then we wonder why we're mentally mentally unwell. It's like, well, maybe... is it three pages long as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, no, no, it's one PDF. Yeah, it's like yeah. a one sheet PDF. <laughs> Stop being a dick. But it changed my life. <laughs> yeah. More than any therapy did. I can imagine. <laughs> but then but then it kind of, uh, it's, it's also a website and you can also go on retreats where they, they practice radical honesty and they teach you how to do it. Mm. But it's, uh, it's something that I started implementing 
and um, I realized pretty quickly that you can't implement it with everybody because not everyone values it. Mm. So okay. when I recommended this to clients and stuff, it usually went a bit tits up. Really? <laughs> because when you start being radically honest with you people got... and they're not ready for it, they're mm. like, what the fuck? So that's another question is like, who do you want to surround yourself with? Mm. And now I'm kind of thinking, I want to surround myself with people who um, they can celebrate victories with me. Mm-hmm. They can tell me when I'm fucking up. Mm-hmm. Like they can be honest. Um, they, they value honesty basically and uh, they're also willing to own their shit mm. like they're willing to own their part in things mm. and I think we help each other grow that way are you one of the youngest there? no um, no so when I was part of the team the youngest was I think he was 20 okay and that was another person what a good environment for him yeah exactly I wish that right? was there at yeah, 20 yeah honestly like <laughs> That man's got his shit together for 20. Jesus Christ. Mm. When I was 20, I was just getting pissed. Oh, mate. <laughs> Constantly. I know where we were. Going to, fucking, going to fucking raves, getting smashed every two seconds. Yeah. Didn't know, didn't know fucking my arsehole from an ear roll. But this guy, like, got his, he's got his stuff together big mm. time. But, um, yeah, that was another triggering I had, is that he just would procrastinate and would just, like, be messy. Yeah. So there was the part of him that was this child, this teenager that just didn't want to grow up. I initially was reacting to it like, meh, you need to just grow up. Yeah. I was talking like my dad spoke to me when I was a teenager doing the same thing. Mm. So it's like my dad's voice coming through me. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You should just get your shit together. That's, that's what you should do. But then I recognized that there's a part of me that also doesn't want to do shit, that wants to leave pots everywhere and just be a messy Wish bastard. Wish dad could be like that. Yeah. So, and, I, and I just had to integrate the part of me that was still just a rebellious little shit. Mm. <laughs> As a teenager. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to clean my shit up. Fuck you. Mate. <laughs> just sit and play video games all day. So how long are you living here with these guys? Well, I was, I was living, I think, for, for basically most of the time. To be honest, it was like a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah, and then at a certain point, out of the blue, and this is what I mean when I say things just fall into my lap sometimes. Mm. All of a sudden, I was getting this real emotional um, signpost to leave. Okay. It, it came really, th- it came really powerfully. Was that a build-up? Yeah, gradually. It was a gradual. Actually, in March um, of this year, I started having severe panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Like, it came out of the blue. It's dead strange. It all came because of some other stuff happening in my life. But generally speaking, it, it just... All of a sudden, I started getting panic attacks. Mm. And then all of a sudden, reality just seemed terrifying. Mm. And then were, it was it was severe anxiety that came out of the blue. Right. And then I got therapy for that. Um, but then one of the reasons... One of the reasons we identified I had real bad anxiety was because uh, it was work-related. Mm. I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I in this business what the fuck? I'm, I'll intercept that because I, I think it's important for people to know, you know, when we talk and you talk, people could listen and go, he knows a lot of shit. He really knows his shit. And they could put, put, place you up. I've done it to people where you place them in this box, don't you? I've done it to Brand, Russell Brand or people like that. But everybody needs people to look towards and, and mentors and guides. And you got a therapist and I think that's beautiful because it's always taking you back a notch, isn't it? It's going, no, everyone needs help. We're all in it together. And there's going to be some things that they can take a 40,000 foot angle of and tell you what you might be missing. Yeah. And how did A, you find the right therapist and how did they use sort of practical advice and stuff with you then? 
So it was really useful. So I went on, because um, obviously COVID, I couldn't see anyone in person. So I went on BetterHelp. You know that website? Yeah. BetterHelp. I went on BetterHelp and it was really cool because the first therapist I was paired up with, turns out she was exa- exactly what I needed. Really? Because at the time... Yeah, because for some <laughs> reason, right, when, uh, when I got that real bad anxiety, um, it was... The, the the intense existential thinking that I'd had in the past, the spirituality-based stuff, actually came back to bite me in the ass mm. because I didn't think that my anxiety could be caused by very real concrete problems in my life that I needed to sort out. Mm. I thought it was like, oh, I was finally seeing through to the real nature of the universe and it's so scary and meaningless and all yeah. this shit. And then I paired up with a therapist that was like, Ollie... <laughs> That's not your problem. Mm. That's not the problem you're facing. I'm like, yeah, but it is. But I see, see reality and I don't understand it. It's like, that's not your problem. Mm. Right? This is not your issue that you're facing. So she ended up pulling it back every time I'd speak and, and I'd be in a, in a panic state. She'd be pulling it back to very real concrete problems. Wow. Like, do you feel connected to the people around you? No, not really. Like, okay, well, you need to work on coming out your shell and showing people who you really are and feeling connected that way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Fine. Okay, do you feel a sense of meaning and purpose in your work? No. Okay, that's a real big stressor on the body, actually. (laughs) You know? That's a real big stressor. Like, um, we have certain emotional needs, and if you don't have them met, then it will produce real strong emotional responses in the body, like anxiety. Mm. And then your your rational mind, which is usually usually an ally when you're in a calm state, for the most part becomes an enemy and, it, and it, when it's triggered by your emotions it starts seeing reality in in fearful ways huh. and then you believe your own bullshit and then it just becomes this cycle Perpetuates it. so she helped me through just being direct honest no bullshit calling me out when i'm just going existential for no apparent reason <laughs> right and she kept pulling it back to wow. this grounded very real problems and she was like okay yeah well reality might be this but you actually that's that's not anything you can change so why don't you work on these things mm. in the meantime wow. while you're trying to work out the nature of the universe which <laughs> i don't recommend doing by the way but if you're going to do that then at least work on going to the gym every now and then on the in the process so then I, after a while i eventually just it, it caused me to then go you know Maybe I don't need to know the fundamental nature of absolutely everything. Maybe mm. I should just like have a nice breakfast and go to the gym before wow. doing all that first. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, so, so yeah, if I'd have paired up with, because there's a type of therapy called existential therapy mm. where they, they yeah. meet a person where they're at, which is, which in my view is fucking stupid because mm. if their nervous system's triggered, yeah. right, that's a real grounded problem. If, if you gave them breathing exercises and shit like that to, to fix that problem, mm then they could calm down, then they wouldn't be grappling with these intense problems. Maybe they still will, mm. but like not with this panic state. They could do it at a better foundation. Exactly. So mm. if, if I'd have gone to an existential therapist yeah. and they were like... Oh, <laughs> taking you to yeah, the moon and, and, and I, Yeah, and I was already fucking <laughs> palm sweating, heart racing, <laughs> freaking out. And they were like, okay, so life is meaningless. So how are we going to do... Oh, oh, yeah. What do you mean life's meaningless? I've got a therapist <laughs> telling me that's true now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, wow. And then the therapist okay. is like, yes, okay, so you are, you're going to die alone. Oh, my God. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm freaking out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but luckily, this therapist was like, no, your problem is that you're experiencing anxiety, which yeah. is a, your, your central nervous system firing on all cylinders because you've perceived a threat. Mm. You know? And it's perceiving an imaginary threat, but we're going to work with that. Well, it, it's literally what you spoke about 
at the start of the podcast with monkey mind and this existential mind. Yeah. But then you've just late losing yourself from this and she's trying to bring you back to, no, your evolutionary state and how we need to operate and work with and then you can think about this but we have to build up monkey mind so you you are going back to that duality i suppose yeah and what you need to work on and principles for sure there was also something i i uncovered because i was all i was wondering why the fuck i'm i was i was why was i in such a crazy state of panic so one symptom of really intense anxiety that's prolonged is something called derealization. Derealization, where things that, just like disassociation. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Where the, where reality seems a bit spacey, like you're not kind mm. of you're a bit you're about two inches away from reality. You're like oh, now I think I get you. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> that's just a, a normal symptom of anxiety, mm. unsettling, but it's just a symptom of anxiety, right? But because I'd had uh, some pretty shady experiences with psychedelics in my life yep. that were very terrifying. There was like a trauma connection. Mm. So when I got some serious anxiety, I then saw that things were a bit warpy. Oh. My subconscious associated it with terrifying psychedelic experiences and then reacted as if that was happening again. Mm. And I was like, ah, you know what I mean? Flash- Freaking out. A flashback. Yeah, I was it. getting okay. flashbacks like that. So I had to work on with a trauma specialist on um, sort of rewiring oh, brother. Do the you know associations. After this? Please link me up because I'm still fighting that demon. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he did. It's a um, it's a therapist called Martin Dunley. Okay. I had him on my own podcast. Really. And he does he does a he does <laughs> a in English right there in school. He does a podcast. Dude. Tell, tell people where they can listen to your podcast as well because after hearing this and if they're this far in they definitely want to listen to you. Yeah. So this is interesting. It's not my not my podcast anymore. But yeah, it's the podcast that I was running for a while. But it's uh, yeah Martin Dunley. Uh, he a type of therapy called the human givens approach it's quite a new one and it's based in uh, all the kind of research uh, neuroscience research and all the rest of it and it's very pragmatic that's why i quite like it but i did a, a technique called the rewind technique which is a way of rewiring and sort of developing new associations with traumatic memory so um in the session itself it was kind of like a hypnosis session mm. where we'd remember the traumatic event from start to finish. Mm. But then it'd, it'd do a very interesting technique where through guided imagery, instead of experiencing the memory in like naked me in the memory, weren't yeah. really naked, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would be... <laughs> the watch, raw version. Yeah. The, yeah mm. I would be actually sat in a safe place in my mind, which was in the woods, on a comfy chair, watching the memory on a TV screen. Oh, wow. And then wow. that memory stuck with me now ah. and now when i recall the the, the, the terrifying psychedelic experiences You've erased. the, the oh. first memory that comes to mind is me being sat in a comfy <laughs> chair in the in the woods watching it watching it going fucking out scary that's powerful so rather than me being in the moment freaking out being at a festival, the entity, panicking you're the observer i'm the one watching it on a tv screen now hmm. and that i would say has led to like a 40 percent reduction in the 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 trauma symptoms. Wow. Because before that, if I just if someone just mentioned yeah. acid or mushrooms, I'd yeah. like palms would sweat and I'd be like getting panicky and racy and be like, no, okay, how do I how do I leave? Wow. You know. But now it's like, oh, just the palm sweating. I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> That's blown my mind a bit, mate. Yeah. yeah. I'll link you up to him. Oh, that yeah. really helpful. I, I again, I searched it on the internet and. The thing that helped me sort of get out of psychosis when I was going through that because of similar time scales, this um, acid days and so on, I started looking down lines 
when I went down psychosis, it helped to label something mm. because then I could sort of diagnose it. I could go on a bit of a path of how I get away from it. And, you know, I had no idea what any of these things meant um, until I watched, what is it, the, the Truman Show and Shutter Island. Yeah. Those two films, I'd never heard of psychosis, schizophrenia before, but then... I just basically watched what was happening to me unfold. And it goes, right, okay, what's this film? And then it was saying, yeah, it touches on this, 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 and this. So the label meant that I could go on and find a sort of path away from it. Right. And that's why you didn't see me for a long time. I was just in my room working out my steps away from it. But the... so, so hang on. So you watched The Truman Show... Yeah. And, and Shutter Island. Yeah, but by accident, right. or divine intervention, we'll call it, but they, they, I was just spending a lot of time on my own, wasn't I? And I, I just put on films after film, and The Truman Show was one that I must have watched when I was 13, 14, mm. with no idea what was going on. But then I thought, yeah, I like Jim Carrey, he's a laugh. <laughs> Chuck him on when I was going through my real hard state. And basically that whole film was me. Uh, right so it was like a like paranoia then oh mate severe paranoia and everybody was in on the show they were all in on it together and i saw i didn't know there's pronoia and paranoia so during my real struggle time i didn't have much paranoia until the end i had pronoia that everyone was for me and for the farm or for us all go I thought we were going to go away together on an island or we were going to do this big thing and it was all building up hmm. but then as I was doing more substance and more substance it started going to the negative side of oh maybe they're there to do something bad to you and negative hmm. but it was all self isn't it it's all ego base and I was building up stories of everybody you all had a character profile of this person's going to do this and you're going to do that and he because it was at that weird time wasn't it where Everybody was just together in this sort of mosh pit of emotion. I remember the exact we're all phase working you're each other about, out. Yeah. And when you start adding in your identity at a really weird time where I was building it up anyway with substances <laughs> and abusing them, it wasn't going to end nicely. But yeah, I went into this. You, you saw the time that I got arrested and so on. I've spoke of it on this podcast. That was a real traumatic experience. I mean, a tasering involved. Not going to help anything. I can't imagine being tasered on <laughs> psychedelics, mate. <laughs> I've gone into a loop of this is my forever. So, Fucking hell, mate. so honestly, I managed to. I, I got community service. I ended up having to recluse and lock myself away. But it was honestly there was three factors. It was those two films, and the only other thing was me nan so i'd built up everyone was against me and everything was against me but i questioned me nan i thought she was trying to poison me hmm. and the second that happened i went no 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 she's the only person that's consistently been there through ever and loved you unconditionally and looked after you and the the moment I thought she was trying to do something, I went, Mike, you've got to snap. You, they've got to get out of this. That was the straw that broke it the camel's back. It was the big thing, yeah. yeah try, trying to th question her. That's a, dude, that's amazing. It's like, there was always a part of you that kind of was like, okay, sort of weighing things up. And then it was that that was like, hang on a minute. Mm. No, but, but up until that, it's, I, like, um, it's like your intellect 
you can fall in love with its own creations. Yes. I've heard that that can be yeah. a thing. Like you believe your own thoughts basically, yes. but that thought was just a bit too ridiculous too to believe. And then at that point that caused you to go, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to go back to the boardroom. <laughs> hang on a minute. Back to the boardroom. Yeah. Lads, come on. And then one of them's at the table like, oh, she's doing it. It's like, fuck off. Of yeah, course she Come here, you nuggy. <laughs> <laughs> come here, you silly. Sit down. But I, I went on that path and honestly, watching them films then, because I think that happened after that where I was so of the rational state or the authentic self was still just about in the room. He was at the door, like looking in. Yeah. I'm I'm close to closing this and I'm not coming back, you know. Yeah. But then I felt something was wrong. I knew I wasn't well. And I watched them films just I don't know why. Uh but it felt so real to me. Mm. So I typed it in, oh severe paranoia, psychosis, schizophrenia. I've got something now. I thought I was the only one experiencing it. And you know how lonely that path That's can be. It. Yeah, man, honestly. It's like, oh, I'm all, I'm all fucked up. And then, and then it's like, Nobody oh. else gets it. And then you can imagine that. It's like, I'm all fucked up. And then it's like, you get to a therapist, like, wow, you're the only person. Yeah, yeah. You're the only I person who's ever experienced this. I've never heard this. of this ever before. There must be something wrong with you. Good luck, son. <laughs> but, I'm not getting paid enough for this. Sorry, please leave. Good luck. And that that's the same with what you're talking about there. I've... Um, I typed in after finding labels. They're not always great, but they helped me in that moment. So I did, ironically, a happiness festival, <laughs> which was me going on stage in front of a thousand teachers. A th- you're the only person on stage. And I'm giving a talk. And during it, I went into flashback mode when oh, he spoke. fucking hell. So oh, honestly, brilliant time. I was there. Everyone's <laughs> laughing at me. The eyes are getting bigger. Everything's small. It's cackly. It was horrible. Oh, dude. And I've probably had about three or four experiences in high-pressured situations where that had come. And again, because I got out of something so traumatic before, I thought, no, there's probably a route away from this. And so far, I benchmarked it on, it's called Alice in Wonderland Syndrome, mm. or HPPD. I can't remember what it's, personal, it's some, I can't remember the acronym, but it's uh, HPPD, where you go back into flashback mode, basically. It's like a psychedelic flashback. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll show it you after. I'll, I'll, even in this podcast, I can put up little sort of, what it means yeah here it here it is now hppd <laughs> look at the link below <laughs> but again because i've sort of ventured into that i've got a better understanding but it feels like you sort of took it a bit of a step further and found real genuine pragmatic ways of dealing with it so i'm i'd love to sort of know what path you ventured because i've not quite gone there yet and i've still got a hesitancy going on to stages and being in them situations so have you managed to sort of reclaim yourself then and be in them pressured situations or you know what to do when it's occurring because i haven't got there yet um yeah uh, i think i think the main yeah i think that the main thing that helped me do this and yeah i, I do because now i'm running retreats and i public speak fairly regularly and i'm running i run meetup groups with loads of guys in it and stuff and i'm i'm speaking publicly quite often and it's can, can be quite high stress yeah mm. so and i couldn't do certainly couldn't do that before um but the thing that the thing that recognized that helped me was realizing that it's just anxiety mm. you know like for example you go on stage like in your example it's no surprise that you had this flashback in a very high stress situation Mm. You had a thousand teachers looking at you on stage. Mm. A lot of people um, rate 
public speaking is is the, the fear has been very similar to the impending death. Mm. So it's like your nervous system is firing on all cylinders in that moment. And then it's just a trauma response. Mm. That's the, these are ha- these are the terms that I use to recognize these things. And it's just, it's predictable. You know, the nervous system will do this. Mm. High pressure situation. Fight or flight. Exactly. You're in a, you're in a f- fight or flight situation. You've been triggered emotionally. Mm. And it will pass. Th- these are the things that really help me. Right. Not only that, there's also, because um, I, re- I recognize that it's anxiety and my response to anxiety that, that made my problems worse. Mm. Like I'd get anxiety come up and then my mind would then really get go into full gear trying to explain it and then one of the things that really made my anxiety worse was thinking i was finally losing my mind mm. i was like that's it i'm wait i've been waiting on this for ages and i know that i, I knew that at any point i'm gonna crack <laughs> it's a coming because <laughs> i've got yeah and here we go and i'm gonna be in a fucking mental institution yeah. and all this other stuff and that fear was just my mind trying to create an explanation for what was happening mm. that complete bullshit mm. and then would create more anxiety because when you believe that you're going to be in a mental institution. No one will love you. No one will come and visit. And this will be permanent. Then, then you're just going to react. Yeah. Because what were the three, the three, the three P's of a, uh, anx- anxious or depressive thinking is permanent, pervasive, and personal. Mm. So it's like permanent. Once, once I go into a mental institution, that's me forever. Yeah. And it will never change. It will never pass. And I'll just die in there. It's like, Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> permanent. Uh, yeah. Uh, pervasive, meaning this will affect everything in my life. Mm. Not just one thing. I can't just live a normal life in some other ways. <laughs> it will just fuck everything up forever. Right. Yeah. And it's personal. It means something really negative about you. Right. Mm. So one thing that really helped was the uh, a book called uh, Dare. D-A-R-E. Mm-hmm. Dare. Um, it's by, acronym. Yeah, it, it's fucking hell. I'm busy on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Link> below, <laughs> Link below. Uh, and it's a book. It's a great audio book by a guy called Barry McDonough. He's mm. Irish. <laughs> fucking sweet voice. You He's, have to say it like that, though. Barry McDonough. <laughs> and there's an app as well uh, that he created. And the dare response is basically D, which is diffuse. So mm-hmm. if you get an anxious thought come up, it's just like, oh, fuck it, whatever. If I'm going to get locked in a mental institution, you know, at least the walls will be comfy. You know, at least I won't have to cook anymore. That kind of shit, right? Mm. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, so so it'd be... De- That's quite... Yeah. Yeah, so, so D is like diffuse. A is accept. So accept whatever's happening to you. Mm. Because I've had uh, the early onset of panic attacks since March, mm. and I'll just notice it come up, and I'm like, okay, this is uh, this. Is, I know what this is, so I just breathe through it, like sweaty palms. Mm. Okay, cool. I accept that now I'm I'm experiencing intense anxiety, and this is just it. It will pass, but this is my reality right now. Mm. And the R is run towards. Now this is my favorite part because there, this really fits in with my kind of philosophy on life at the moment. Is like, if something's really ne- really difficult, challenging, painful. Um, hiding from it will not always result in a better better outcome. Mm. In fact, if you build the habit of, of running away and hiding from stuff that are difficult, you don't make the threat smaller, you make you yourself weaker. Mm. And in your mind, you make the threat larger, right? So for me, I, what I started doing was putting myself in high anxiety situations mm. intentionally. For example, um, there was like a two months when I couldn't drink coffee at all. Well, as I recovered, as my nervous system repaired itself, which takes ages, by the way. Um, after that, <laughs> I was complex. like, yeah, after that, I was, yeah, yeah <laughs> you can make the argument. Nervous system is not just fucking paint by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's four. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's four big bits. To the human tweet. nervous system. Take that out. Ooh, what's that? Blow. <laughs> but after a while, I was like, you know what? This is a bit of my dad's influence as well. I, mm. I know he would deal with this in the same way. I'd wake up in the morning 
and I'd usually like avoiding gyms, avoiding people and shit. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm. I started necking three espressos or going to the gym yes. and getting my heart rate through the roof. And then noticing the derealization, the warpiness, the sweatiness, the crazy thoughts. And I'd be like, yeah, fucking bring it on. Come on, then. Let's see if this oh, is the mate, panic yeah. attack that's going to knock me out. Let's go. That'd be fun, wouldn't <laughs> it? He's getting excited back there. He does. Because yeah, <laughs> then I was like, because I was like, oh, I know that I know what the fucking paramedics number is. Yeah. Let's go. I've got them on speed dial. If I'm going to fucking get knocked out or whatever, let's go. Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Okay. This is going to be the day I'm going to lose, I'm gonna lose my, my motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah. So I was like challenging shit to get worse. And it didn't. Mm. What actually happened was my subconscious started to get the message that this isn't something to be scared of because we're running towards it. So mm. we don't run towards a tiger. We run away from it. So my subconscious started being like, right, well, anxiety, I guess, isn't anything to be afraid of. Mm. Instead, this crazy motherfucker's running towards it. So it can't be something we're scared of. So after a while, I stopped needing to do that. Mm. And now I just maintain that whenever I get some anxious symptoms... I like say to the anxiety, I negotiate with it. I'm like, how bad are you going to get? Wow. Am I going to have to fucking run towards you or right. are you going to calm down? Because I accept it. I'm like, you're there, but let's just, let's go. Let's see. And then the final thing is engage, mm. which is where you engage with something in the world. Because um, you can't just sit there, just like li- looking at your anxiety going, <laughs> let's have you. Let's have you. <laughs> let's fucking do it. Three hours later. <laughs> ah, <go on>. you <laughs> know? Eventually, you have to find something that you can engage with in the world. Mm. And for me, it was making like making beats making hip hop instrumental hip hop wicked so I love doing that now. dude I didn't know that yeah I've got a soundcloud and everything brother yeah so I make instrumental hip hop um, oh mate what do you use I use Ableton Ableton yeah it's based on old uh, 70s soul songs did you songs. get a cracked version or did you buy it I, I was naughty for a yeah. bit but I put I paid for the full version yeah I've... it's better in it because when you get cracked you end up you do have to go back. <laughs> well, 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 once you get cracked, you'll have to go back. Yeah, because there's but, too many like flaws into the crack system. Yeah, well, I learned that when you when you upload a, a beat or upload any audio, mm. there's like a, an audible, a, a, an audio watermark on the actual audio track mm. that a cracked version, like if you listen to it, yeah. you might have Ableton at the end of your track. I get, yeah. Um, so I was just like, ah, oh, fuck that. Oh, mate, yeah, I've, I've done it on Logic before, but again, you call up somebody that knows Logic to the core, and then they're like, well, yours isn't operating like it should, so mm. just get the normal version, you idiot. Yeah, exactly, you call them up, hello, like, you've, got a, you've got a fake moustache yeah. and, and a trench coat, oh, hello, Every time I'm I one of your loyal M. customers, <laughs> your fine product that I purchased doesn't seem to be working, well, it should. Fine. Oh. <laughs> I, I think one of the parts of the conversation, that dare part, is one of the most inspiring parts of this whole chat. So I'm definitely going to chop that out because that was yeah. beautiful there. Um, and again, it falls a little bit nice and neatly to when we talk about the laws of attraction. Mm. It's not just sitting there and waiting for something to happen. If you think in this way, oh, it's going to be like this, but you had to act on it and you had to root like put yourself in situations so it's always about doing the work isn't it it doesn't matter what you stumble upon and what bit of information you find in a book or from a therapist or who it is you are the one that has to push yourself through that path and find the ways yeah it's yeah yeah so there's one more thing i want to say because i always miss this part out Mm. whenever i talk about dare to people in a group or whatever so Anxiety itself, it kind of, um, the anxious symptoms, that like the feeling of anxiety is something that all humans have because mm. it's part, it's, it's built into our, our structure. DNA. But this prolonged stress state of anxiety, of an anxiety disorder, mm. that's not something 
that the human body does well with. It's not something we were evolved to have. Mm. It's something that, w- that the mind seems to just fuck, fuck things up in that way. But it exists in resistance. Mm. That, that like, prolonged anxiety, um, it, it survives in resistance to sensations. It's basically having these sensations and saying, no, I can't have this. Oh my God, panic attack. Oh, it's coming. Uh. Mm. And that's the resistance. Yeah. So that's why, that's my favorite part of the dare response is the run towards bit. Because yes. you, you, you're, you're not just sitting there accepting. That- it makes it active. When you said that to me, I equated it to depression. And again, if you just accept, oh, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, it'll come out of it. People come out of it. You will just sink and sink and sink. Mm-hmm. And there's an action required. You've got to run and yeah. make sure you're doing stuff on the daily that's better than what you're doing now. Because mm-hmm. your depression's stemmed for a reason. It might have been past trauma it may be the situation that you're living in there's something there that's made this happen it could have been a slow process or very quick if you just accept it you're only going to go lower and lower and lower yeah you have to do stuff towards it for sure without a doubt like that's the that's the conclusion that uh, have you have you read the book uh, reasons to stay alive by matt haig no but i've heard it's yeah Yeah. quite a known one for people to go it's fucking brilliant man like he's such a good writer um he's from he's from (laughs) i don't know where he's from it's from like a 25 minute drive away from here actually it feels like it'll be quite an accessible book for everybody definitely and he talks about how he went through depression and it just uh, it just came out of the blue when he was on holiday with his missus, and he's the whole book is talking about his journey back to recovery from mm. the depths of it. Right. And um, when he came out of it, when his nervous system started repairing itself, uh, he started to reflect onto the the years and the months leading up to the big break, mm. and he realised that he, there was some shit that he wasn't dealing with for years. Mm. There was shit he was avoiding. There was his there was daily actions that he, he wasn't taking care of himself. And the depression was just, for him at least, was just this crack mm. where it was like his body couldn't take it anymore. His mind couldn't take it anymore. And he realized he was living in an, an inauthentic life. Mm. He valued certain things. He was living like this. And he sort of plateaued into what he thought was the right way of being. But it yeah. wasn't his authentic self saying or screaming, no, don't do that. Exactly. Mm. And then he became a, he experienced this. And then he started reading and writing a lot more while he was depressed. Mm. And then wrote a series of books and became a best-selling author. Mm. And that was his journey out of the darkness. It's like he found the thing. Yeah. You know, he went into a trip into the underworld, found the gold, came back. Wow. You know, and, and this is another thing I want us to talk about. Um, another thing that's fundamentally helped me and continues to, is to, um, is to think about the oldest stories that have ever been told uh, to humans and amongst humans. It's the one of the hero. Mm. Like the know? Joseph Campbell. Yeah. It, mm. it really is like when I f- came across the hero's journey yeah. as a concept, that was like a that was like a spiritual signif- spiritually significant moment for me, mm. because I've experienced a lot of traumatic shit in my life, like a lot of darkness, a lot of chaos, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of you know don't know why this happened, why did it happen, why it happened to me, all, the, all this other sh- shit, right? And I'd never found a framework to to put mm. all that suffering in. Mm. It just felt like pure suffering without a framework at all. But when I came across the hero's journey, which is where, which is a framework where the hero of any story has to go through a process where he falls into the abyss. Mm. The journey can't exist without that. It can't. It's like, it's the yin to the yang, isn't it? Like it can't exist without the trip to the underworld. Mm. Any hero, 
any any story we, we love, like Luke Skywalker, fucking Frodo Baggins, mm. Harry Potter, they've all taken this deep, dark trip yeah. into the underworld where it's, it's this part of themselves they've had to come to contact with or this demon they had to face that's in there somewhere. Mm. Like for Harry Potter, it's the basilisk. It's yeah. the, the snake underneath in the basement, right? And that's a personification. That's like a metaphor for depression. That's a yeah. metaphor for the darkness in ourselves mm. and the dark shit in life, the suffering that will visit you at some point. The hero has to go through it. Do you know what I love about that though as well? And I love about you. Um, and I like to hopefully think me eventually. <laughs> but going through that Joseph C- Campbell story and journey of the hero... And you, let's say we were the, the Luke Skywalkers or the hero in the journey. You also, you come back round and then for everybody else, you you become the Yoda of the story or the Dumbledore of the story. Yes, and you've been through exactly. it. You know the power of it. Yeah. And you go, I don't want to be the main one now. I want to be the, the wisdom giver. And I want to yeah. help people find their own hero's journey to then eventually it emanates to become... The, the, not the sidekick, but the, just that bit of wisdom. The guy. Every, the guy. The mentor. That's the, yeah. yeah. Every hero. That's the fundamental part of the story. Yes. Frodo has Gandalf. Yeah. You know? Luke Skywalker awesome. has... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like everyone, every hero has, the, has a mentor. Yeah. You know? It, and again, the, the person in the story that it's just every so often comes in but they're so profound and so neat, yeah. so integral in the development of that story. Yeah. Harry Potter would be absolutely jack shit <laughs> without a bit of Dumbledore yeah, over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore. It would, it'd be fucked, wouldn't it? It'd he be bollocks. It'd just be an angry boy with a with a direction, but all over the place. Yeah, literally. He, he reins him in. He goes, no, this is what you need. You don't need yeah. to go crazy over here yet. And yeah, you... you they, Hercules, for example, <laughs> yeah. could name all of them all day long. And that is underlooked, I feel, in this story. We all look to be this this figure and then we forget about all the, the mentors and the, the wisdom givers along the way that we've, yeah. we've gained from. Exactly. And that's the thing. You go through the journey and you that's the fundamental part of it. You go through the journey into the underworld. You come back and you have gained something that you then share with the tribe. Mm. And no. in in um in ancient times it would have been literal journey into literal unknown territory yeah. where you bring back food or new hunting grounds that you've discovered and shit like that right. Mm. Um, now what I see a lot of is um like especially when you see this on social media and TikTok and stuff, because uh, I come across a lot of like entrepreneur pages and stuff. A lot of mm. people like bloviating and showing like oh I drive all these these cars and da 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 even though they're they're fucking hiring them and stuff. Mm. I see a lot of people that are trying to project that they've gone on a journey and they know what to share. Yeah, but yeah, they don't. Yeah. They haven't been on the journey yet. Yeah. In fact, they're scared shitless of it. Same as everyone, right? And that does worry you, doesn't it? Well, sort of... it's uh, unearned wisdom. Mm, it's, it's unearned wisdom and it's people what, have been... It's pumping in... out towards younger people looking at this and they've missed the steps. So yeah. those people that inevitably will fall from that looking up and just believing this is the way and feel depressed, feel unworthy, they're comparing themselves, it's all doomed for failure because the step's not in there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Whereas when you know, this is why I think authenticity and vulnerability, when you're in a position, like it's like the more public exposure you have, Mm. the more of an audience you have, the more eyeballs you have on you. I believe the more responsibility you then have to share the real journey you've been on because it benefits everybody. Yeah. You know, whereas if you try and project an image for some reason to avoid your own shadow or to to make money or whatever, Mm. you're fucking everyone over. And yourself included. Yeah. Right? Well, one thing I wanted to say before we move on, though, is you have been on a journey. 
Like I've witnessed that journey. You've been you've been in some seriously dark places. <laughs> like and and you have come back. Mm. And it was really emotional for me when I came across the post. Um, I almost never check Facebook anymore, and yeah. at this time especially not. But I checked Facebook and saw a I saw a baby mm. on my wall. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, Mikey's having a baby, and I and I shed tears for you. Thank you, man. Because yeah. I, I realised the journey that you've been on. Because I've been with you mm. in the dark fucking points, and it's like it is a journey you've been on. And whenever I've seen um like you, the events you run here, and mm. I see that you sharing the the shit that you've learned in the dark parts of your life mm. and so like with this you have been on a journey and, and you you're sharing it as we speak mm. the, the light that you've got thank you and man. you'll still continue to go on more and more journeys but i see it all the time that you're sharing this shit and you best be crying back here by the way because i nearly am <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's, it's true honestly and, that... and you you're like there's no yeah it's like it's 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 important for you to 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 let yourself know that it really does mean the world for me. And I, I'm i human. <laughs> I feel it. And then some days I can feel I'm letting myself down. There's there's so much about it. But truthfully, having somebody say, no, you, you are on the right path. You are doing the right thing. You have been on this journey. You're not a faker. You are being authentic now. It really fills me with that. I knew it. It, it, mm. but it relieves me. I go, oh, I do. I feel right in what I'm doing, but because of the the journeys that we've been on, and I, I've fucking you've seen me, but run away with my ego, run away with myself, run away with so many sides of my nature. I'm so fearful of that, mm. and yes, I'm self aware. Yes, I do check in. Yes, I do try and make sure that's not happening. Mm-hmm. But I've seen how tr- much of a trickster <laughs> the ego self can be. Yeah. So to have friends just click in and go, no, he's doing all right. He's good. I've seen that's wicked. And a really take notice to that it, it means the world to me man so i really do mean that man thank you well we well i fucking we knew each other in nursery we really did we, yeah. literally nursery i think the, it was it was in kilburn wasn't it there's it was a Kil- reason like a... we've been in each other's lives and we were so strongly sort of together uh youngsters i was bullied to shit one night at denby free school it yeah. was horrible yeah but you were a strong pillar in my life at that moment of not all people are knobheads. There's still this fella. There's still a good person, and he was my mate. And he, has, then... he hasn't found out I'm a knobhead. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. I got asked to leave Denby, and then went on to Ripley for a little bit. Still very confused. Met you back in secondary school, and you were always such a strong figure in my life, and you made me laugh. There, there was so much about you. I remember when we left school. We had a lot of sides and mates that wanted to just go and make as much money as possible, uh, be on the, the treadmill, be in the material world. And that was fine. And both me and you were going, don't do that, you bellends. Yeah, we hadn't, we hadn't quite come up with a palatable alternative. Yeah, but yeah. We, were, we were just fucking around. Well, it's not that. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. But it's definitely not that yet. But we were, we were on a train together. We've always been on this ride and so, so similar and the fact that we were so similar, it did cause some friction at times in our life because maybe if you were going off and doing well, I'd be like, no, mate, don't leave me. I don't know what I'm doing. And the same way or another, but we are meant to be in each other's lives. I really do feel that because it it just makes sense. We, yeah. we keep coming back around and going, 
I feel the exact fucking same way, mate. I've been through that. I've been through this. I've been through that. And having you as a a permanent pillar to to look towards and see, what's he up to? Oh, cool. And honestly, man, you, you don't know how much of an impact, of an inspiration, of a genuine imprint into my whole being that you've been so I, I thank you for everything just being you you've just done you and i've tried to look from afar and go that helps <laughs> that's that's really important and and even if we've fallen you've probably seen me in my worst of states and gone oh what how did you get there okay i'll probably not try that and we've learned from each other all the way do you feel a similar way in that i do mm. i do and thank you yeah thank you for sharing that not on it's very honest but in towards Lisbon, I think we're only ten minutes off the plane. <laughs> Fucking ten minutes off the plane. Yeah, N- nine quid. <laughs> Mate, we're nine quid plane. <laughs> yeah, we're not far away. Because I, I really want to get into where you're at now. Yeah. And that fire, I sense it in the kitchen. It's burning strong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You done all these awesome things, and you've gone to Lisbon. You've met all these people. Then you've got some therapy because you felt some traits inside of you needed working on. Mate, I've, I've broke so many therapists, yeah. man. <laughs> Put them through their paces. I was 20, the... 20, year, 20 years of experience. I can't help that, man. Mate, I was picturing then, do you know the season Malone episode of South Park? No. Where she's eating shit in the corner because nobody can tame Eric Cartman other than Caesar Malone. He's the dog expert. He just oh, goes, yes. and he keeps calming him down. I pictured you with like all the nannies making them eat shit in the corner you're here you've basically got um probably the biggest learning stage of your life it's been the most sort of reality check and then you've decided this strong burn i don't quite want to be here anymore there's something more tell me that stage and tell me where you've gone from there leaving these fellas that were Getting on your tits a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just I always had this, even when I was working with the, with the Cario, I always had this sort of deep thing I want to share. Yeah. You know, this, I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know what character it takes, what shape it takes and stuff like that. But I just always know that I have this, this thing I want to, I want to share. And, more adventuring I need to do. It's all just, I know it sounds such a fucking cliche in an eat, pray, love kind of way, but it's, it is to find yourself. Yeah. So you just go and have experiences. It teaches you more about yourself. Hmm. Okay. And so now I'm kind of at a place where I'm to the, to the, um, to the public in an easy way. I just say I'm doing dating coaching. Mm. It's like dating in relationships for guys who fundamentally struggle with attracting a woman so hitch yeah, kind i mean everyone says that and it is unfortunately kind of true <laughs> but hey it, hitch was fucking yeah, brilliant yeah <laughs> he was a lovely fella yeah it's it's kind of misunderstood it, it, it's kind of that because um i mean this is its whole other topic but in the, the whole topic of emotional connection and intimacy with women and stuff is something i've always kind of struggled with because when i was i mean you know already but when i was 14 i lost my mother mm-hmm. and i and this the older I get, the more I realize how much this impacted my relationships to all women. So I couldn't possibly let them get close. So the, lo- to the loss of something here grew something 
outside of it. Yeah, it, it communicated to me that, look, if you love someone, then they could be gone so quickly. Mm. And th- there was just, like, for so long, until only fairly recently, if I'm being honest, there's just a strong part of my unconscious, my subconscious, that was like, nope, absolutely not. Mm. Woman wants to get close, you want to love someone again? Fuck off, no way. Is that what caused you to love so strongly as well when you were with that first proper relationship because it was feeling of you're not going to leave me though and did that sort of repel it a little no so I don't think I did I don't think I did fully mm. feel that because it was like it got and this is the character of it she gets she, I, I will let her get this close mm. but this close absolutely I not get, yeah right so that led me to a down a path after that of attracting women sleeping with them but not really connecting with them mm. and then after a while that was fun for a while but eventually it got to the point where i was just think hang on um is this all there is i started to get this real hollow feeling sort of nihilistic she, yeah when she left in the morning i just felt just as empty except i just expended loads of energy and effort and stuff i was like what the fuck am i doing mm. you know so it's kind of weird because as i say to you in the kitchen i found this weird intersection between what i'm good at which is coaching people mm. and creating content and and, and communicating and stuff what the what people will pay for which is someone to help them solve a very real problem like i can't get a fucking girlfriend mm. right and and what the world needs because i fundamentally believe that there's so many guys walking around that really can't get these emotional needs met of intimacy of physical connection mm. of sex as well they can't get a met and it's something they they need and it's something i've had personal experience with so i found this like this really cool intersection this is where my focus is right now. Mm, this is where I want to get into the meaty bits of. Yeah. I suppose yeah. For, for some naive or innocent people saying questions, they'd say to those guys there, why don't they just pay for it? There's a market. Are you saying because they'd feel very hollow eventually, you know, it's, if it's just an interaction? Or do you think, I mean, it's one of the oldest markets, <laughs> but there's an element that, that could be helpful in some order. And, and we don't have to just look at, I'm talking prostitution now, yeah. but we don't just have to look at it on a really negative light. Not at all. That it's, that, that there's a reason it exists and for so long it exists. Of course, there's, yeah. there's a demand for it. It's why all these OnlyFans women are making serious bank. Because mm. there's like, a, although that's, that's slightly different because it seems to be that the OnlyFans ladies seem to be creating these digital relationships yeah. with, with men it's not physical because it's on the internet but anyway um yeah. yeah i think that just that meets a a need it meets the chimp need mm-hmm. of just physical yeah right it meets that need but it doesn't seem to meet a higher order yeah. needs of... why do we have that need sorry just to dude oh why do we have that need fuck only knows man like because <laughs> that's the thing i've managed to i've managed to sum it up as by asking myself repeatedly the question, what do I really want in my relationships? I want to 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 see her and be seen by her. Basically, in another way, to love her and to be loved, mm. right? Which actually takes so much courage. It's, it's fucking crazy how much courage that takes. Mm. And I know that because I did love a woman, my mother, mm. and she died. And that was traumatic as fuck, deeply. So it's like, love again knowing that 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 existence can can steal her from you at any given moment you're gonna love now like yes most courageous thing to do Mm. right um but when it comes to yeah that 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 stuff i have no problem i'm very sex positive in that way Mm. i'm super casual about sex too 
to a detriment in the past, to be honest. <laughs> got myself in all, all heaps of trouble, you know, just with how casual I've been with it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm totally cool with that side of things. Mm. If people want to pay for sex and that's, that's the need that they want to meet, fine. Mm. Even these pickup artist dudes that I don't like to be lumped in with, I try to distance myself from these pickup artists on YouTube and shit as much yeah. as possible, who just use essentially uh, instrument, instrumentalized language, which yeah. is just using language as a way of getting something from someone, yeah. which is psychopathic it's as fuck in my sales. opinion. Sales. Yeah, it's like a sales game. It's like <laughs> numbers game, say this, use this script, get her into bed with you, bada bing, bada bing, right? Yeah. Even that, I'm kind of like, look lads, if you want to do that, then fine. Just don't hurt anyone, mm. which is... Pre- deba- debatable as <laughs> to whether they... is yeah. that possible yeah maybe if their exchange is of a 50 50 percent nature yeah but still they're inevitably hurting as the exchange is so hollow yeah exactly mm. well i i thought it was kind of weird i went into this um thinking that i'm gonna meet a bunch of guys that just want to get like get laid like crazy mm. with people all the time with different women all over the place and I actually haven't come across that mm. more often as I, that I thought I would. It's usually just guys... The most common uh, goal I hear is that guys just want a girlfriend. They want someone to spend time with. They want someone to be around. They want someone who um, they can enjoy themselves with and someone even they can build a future with. That's actually more of a common goal than, yo, yo, I just want to fuck a bunch of women. Yeah. So re- really wholesome aspects of the nature. Yeah, so that's kind of... That was... Um, that was really reaffirming for me because if I had to be this pickup artist that I couldn't do it, basically, I just couldn't. There's something in me that wouldn't allow me to just, I'm teaching guys how to just get laid indiscriminately <laughs> with anyone. doesn't matter what you say. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what damage you cause. Just, yeah. just fuck away. Oi. Oi. <laughs> but I'm luckily, I'm, yeah, but that's, um, so, yeah, it's that. Well, yeah. I've got to, I've got to go down some rabbit holes here, mate. Cause out of all the guests I've had on, this is a very interesting part of conversation i've never met a pickup artist before mm. i won't label it there but you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> a modern day hitch <laughs> so I've, hey okay i want to go down here have you met any of those guys that do just want to bang away yeah okay you've met a few do you try and coach them outside of that and say really get them to be that self-aware again is that what you want or can we break it down further or do you they're too past yeah i don't i don't coach them no i don't honestly do it because it would needs about a team of 10 to go it it would need so much of my because basically one thing i had to realize quite early on when i started coaching people is that you can't you can't help someone who don't want to be helped. Yeah, you can't help them get a result that you want them to get if they yes. don't want it. If someone comes to me saying, all right, I just want to fuck a load of women. Fuck beautiful women all the time. And in your head, you're going, I'm sure he doesn't want that, but I can't bring yeah, him on that. I mean, I don't, that's the thing. I don't, I don't judge him for that. I mm. honestly don't. It's like, cool. Who doesn't want to, you know, who doesn't want to be attractive to beautiful women? Mm. And who doesn't want to have those experiences, right? Um, and being humble, it's not up to me to, to sort of even diagnose that a person's you know that that's he's deeply he's, he's dealing with a mother wound he's dealing with this and that it's not up to me to even diagnose that mm. and if a guy comes to me saying i just want to fuck a bunch of women it's like deep down that's not that's not what i'm helping men do mm. um at the same time if a guy comes to me saying i want to create a a sex life that's active fun and exciting and stuff i'm like cool sweet but there has to be for me to to help someone there has to be this underlying self-awareness and self-responsibility yeah. and this capacity to self-examine because mm. there's some dudes because the, the pickup um 
game um, section of the internet, basically now, um, it attracts a lot of le- legit psychopaths. Yeah. And a friend of mine, because one of my friends uh, from Canada, we started doing some uh, approaching women in the street, like while we're in Lisbon, and just talking to them in the street uh, as a way of overcoming fear of rejection and as a social anxiety challenge. Mm. So we kept on doing this, and I stopped doing it for a while, and he carried on. And eventually, he actually came across a, a pickup artist who'd been doing it years and years and years, deeply embedded in, in the community. Mm. And the, the encounter scared him to such a degree that he came back in a, in a, in a crisis state. What like, like what I can't be like that guy. Really? And I was like, mate, what happened? He was like, there was nothing behind that guy's eyes. Oh, God. And I, and I was like... Just glazed I was over. Like, what do you mean? He was like, I can't be like that guy. He was like, traumatised. like two vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some, some reptilian dude he came across, you know? So... I thought, I thought, basically, I thought, you know what, this this guy probably came across, my friend came across, probably a psychopath. Mm. Probably someone who, what... If he wasn't doing that... Who doesn't feel real real empathy for people, uh. you know? But, like, seems to just be using language in, as I said earlier, an instrumental way to get something that he, he wants. Mm. And it's like, it can attract that kind of crowd. And basically, I just, I can vet them quite quickly. Mm. It's like if a guy comes to me and it's just... Basically, I couldn't help that person. Just with my own temperament, my own personality and my own ethos, I couldn't actually do it. Okay. So it's like, oh. How long have you been doing it for? I made the pivot a few months ago. A few months. So have you got any nice <laughs> anecdotal moments of somebody that you'd helped and you've seen their journey onwards from that? Well, I'd say it's only been a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's one guy who um, basically... I, Crippled by social anxiety, right? Absolutely crippled. This is the first one that comes to mind, and couldn't talk to like, couldn't talk to women at all. Mm. Fundamentally, believed that he's an unattractive man, sexually undesirable to basically every woman, which is just a ridiculous belief when you think about it. But because um, he's a good-looking guy as well, which makes no sense. As if you saw him, you'd be like, "What?" Mm. But yeah, he believed these things about himself. So I took him out. We were walking around Lisbon. <laughs> there's fucking beautiful women in Lisbon it's absolutely ridiculous like especially in summer you're just walking around you're like oh Jesus Christ oh hello oh good lord what the fuck's going on here you know it's like everywhere so um, we I, I challenged him to just go and talk to a woman to go and express confidently but respectfully express desire you know by saying hey I thought you I thought you were quite attractive I thought you were cute and yeah just wanted to meet you kind of thing and I just said let's go and do that I gave him a few warm-ups where he just talked to strangers and stuff. Um, but then eventually, <laughs> he was coming up with every reason possible to not approach women and stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I would point out, like, okay, she's quite attractive. Do you not like her? And he's like, don't really like her. Okay. Too old. Too young. <laughs> he came out with every possible reason. But there was a moment where he saw someone. And that's, what, that's when I... Like, it's like the most authentic desire that yeah. you will feel. It's something that happens in the body. It's something that cuts below your insecurities and your fears. Hmm. It's a desire that that bypasses your usual excuses, right? Mm. And I was sat with him, we were having a coffee, and I was like, fucking hell, is he ever going to do it? And um, and yeah, he saw her, and I saw the moment, and I was like, what's your excuse? And he was like, I don't have one. Oh. And I was like... Give me goosebumps, that. And I was like, go. And he was like... Stands up. I, goes, I, I kept coaching him. I was like, you know, before this, I was like, put one foot in front of the other. Don't overthink it. Just go and talk to her see what happens so he goes over right goes over and starts talking to her her boyfriend walks over right 
she wasn't alone. She seemed it. Mm. But they were just two tourists. They were from France or whatever. So her boyfriend joins over, right? As he's walking over, he carries on walking towards her. And in my head, I'm thinking, I am the worst person in the world. <laughs> I have just sent an, a socially anxious man over to get sparked out in the streets of Lisbon. And I thought, what the fuck am I going to do here? So I said, I'm just literally, I'm drinking my coffee like, fucking hell, what's going on here? Right? So then they start chatting and all of a sudden, a boyfriend just goes, pats him on the back and shit like that. And then they're laughing and stuff. Wow. And then, and then he walks back to me and I'm like, how, how did that go? And he was like, yeah, so, um, so I said that I thought she was really cute. But then he came over and for some reason I just was like, hey, listen, uh, I thought she was single. And he says, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. No problem. Wow. It's all good. And I was like, right, for your first approach of a beautiful woman that you really found attractive, that was the hardest thing. Right? That, that, <laughs> yeah. You went into the fucking meat grinder with that one, mate. <laughs> I don't even know how, how I'd handle that. <laughs> <laughs> but he did the perfect thing. He, yeah. he honestly expressed the situation. Mm. And I was so proud of him. He was like, yeah, I thought she was single. And he gets it. Because she's, she's like so stunning that it was like, he obviously is like, oh, sure. It's fine. It's <laughs> I know, mate. It's good. It's all good, brother. You're basically just putting him into situations and giving him confidence in that situation. Because clearly he had an inherent knowledge of how to deal with that situation on his own merit to a degree he didn't know what to do but he just makes a joke of it you'd not prepped him to deal with a boyfriend coming and he knew what to do so it's as if your superpower is just in these situations telling them no you do know what to do you are equipped for this you've just built yourself beyond belief that you can't handle it or hack this but you've got it within you. And he showed in that situation, I can do it, but it does sometimes take a, a coach or an Ollie figure or whoever, just go, no, here, you're fine. You've got yourself. Yeah, honestly, That's mate. What no, it felt like, then. So much of the time, it's, it's encouragement. Yeah. It's being this presence that's been on a journey like this that can just encourage. You're push. not giving them a script and going, no. read this, tell her this, say this, and she'll come back with you. You're going... All we need to do is work out the parts of you that are so hesitant towards this situation. Yeah. And then when you're good with your mates, when you're good with at work, when you're good in all these other situations, you'll be fine in this one as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so the way I see this when it comes to dating and relationships, the how you got in the boat is, is the stuff you need to do to stay in the boat. Mm. So in this example, if you approach a woman with a script... Oi, oi, I'm giving, I'll throw, I'll throw out all these confidence oh, signals. Oh, I'm getting horny here. Some of these, oi, oi, oh my God. Dick out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that was the big plank you all heard all on the take, table. All guys. it takes is oi, oi. <laughs> like uh, Kevin and Perry when he gets the right stonk on at the table. Can you remember? Oh, God, that movie, man. I've not Kevin fucking Perry, watched that movie. Mate, oh. he's at the table with the, his parents and he sees a nice girl and the, the table's like going up and down and up and down. She's big knob. <laughs> I love how you're telling me that so that when I watch it again, you're just reassuring me like, this is big knob. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering what it was, this is big knob. And I've told you now, just so that when you watch it again, you'll know what it is. It's definitely I've done you a favour. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like if you, if you be like one of these manipulative pickup artist dudes and you approach with a script, you've got a bunch, you've got like 20 canned one line openers and you know, you know what to do. You know exactly what to say if she does this, 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 this. It's like a sales pitch, mm. right? 
Now, let's say that you go to a, a fucking beautiful woman and you fool her into thinking that you are actually this super confident, grounded, high status man, right? Let's say, say you convince her of that and you get in a relationship. Well, you have shot yourself in the foot, mate, because now you have to continuously keep up this fucking knackering mm. fake persona that eventually she's going to get wise to no matter what, right? Mm. Now, you can either you can bypass that by just jumping in that boat and then as soon as it starts getting real, jump out the boat, jump in another boat and keep going on that track mm. if you want. And then you, um, you basically live a life of having shallow relationships mm. where instead of jumping in a boat and sailing off somewhere and having an adventure with someone you're actually just jumping in a boat realizing oh shit I'd, oh shit she's gonna find out jumping out the boat again mm. and you'll be, just be dooming yourself to fickle hollow meaningless relationships forever mm. just because you, you've not developed the courage to actually go over to her and be truly i know it sounds bullshit, but be truly authentically yourself mm. so that's why i say to guys like look if you want to go and approach a girl and talk to her just say hello yeah just go say hello i thought you were cute i thought you i thought you looked attractive I'm interested in it to know you, yeah, whatever, right? So, so, yeah, just no bullshit. I think it's interesting as well because you said something before when we were talking more on depression, but people that have lived it and they can truly help you because they can be empathic and really understand what you're going through. When you're in this panic state, when you're in this angry state, whatever state you're in, the ones I like to listen to are the ones with the anecdotes of... I can say this because I've been this. And would you say it's fair to say you were quite closely related to some of your clients or some of the people where, yes, you've been able to maybe pick up women, but your mindset and attitude and feeling towards them was quite nervous. Yeah. And, and you didn't think you were good enough a lot of the time and so on. Yeah, I've experienced the full, like... Yeah, aside from like marriage and stuff like that, I've experienced long-term relationships, long-distance relationships. I've experienced fucking a, a phase in my life where I, I believed I was just so deeply unattractive and unsexually appealing to anyone. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, this was before my first big relationship, actually. Because mm. that, that relationship actually helped me heal some... And I've not expressed this to her before. I don't know if I'll ever have the chance. I hope I, hope I have the chance one day to say this to her. But like, like that relationship... Um, helped me heal some some deep, deep insecurities that I didn't know I had mm. um, related to how I view myself. Mm. And it may have taken me a lifetime to ever heal those if that had not happened, you know? So I've experienced that. I've also experienced the what happens when you just sleep with women indiscriminately mm -hmm. and without any connection and how hollow that can feel. So... Aside from marriage, yeah, onwards and having kids together and stuff, the whole spectrum. I can I can basically speak from experience on all of this, mm. and there are some I learned through that that there are some wounds that can only be healed fully, mm. as fully as they can be healed at least in the presence of another person mm. or through connection to another person. As if if those um, if those traumatic experiences if those insecurities, if they occurred in the context and around other people, that rule applies double. Yeah. So what I do now is help men really get these needs met, yeah. but also heal through relationship and heal through emotional connection and stuff. And I see a lot of their need for that because online there's, there's these groups like the red pill 
Have you seen the red? No. Oh, no. wow. It's amazing to me. A few people have heard of this. So now online, and this, the, uh, like, YouTube and Facebook algorithms don't help this. They, they make it way worse. But there's groups online that are forming. Um, like, for, I'll, I'll pick one out because it's the easiest option. Is a, a group called the Red Pill. Cancelled. <laughs> yeah, instant cancel. <laughs> Boom. Called the Red Pill. And now what they're basically, they basically do is they study relationship dynamics and they break it down into... Basically, it's an ideological position where they they believe that women um, are, well, for, for one, they're hypergamous, which basically means that all women are looking to do is move up a, a, a status hierarchy, right? Um, like, if they, if they see a man, they're assessing his value based on the overall cultural status dominance mm. hierarchy. And to a degree, I actually believe that's kind of true because this is how we see... Um, we become attracted to each other. This mm. is, yeah, but there's way more that they have to leave out. The issue I have with it mainly is that it it breeds. Um, it seems to breed bitter, resentful men, mm. who who don't see that women have the capacity for emotional connection and all the rest of it. It's just it's just like women are just out to, you know, they're just out to just move up the dominance hierarchy. They're all after money and looks and all this other bullshit. Mm. So I read some of the forums just to see what I'm up against. <laughs> And it's just, there's this big void, uh, mm. on, at least in these groups, between men and women. It's like, it sounds too absolute. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's going to be so different in their approach and how they are. Don't get me wrong, they exist. But somebody that's been brought up in a totally different circumstances, with totally different parents and seen totally different dynamics, they're going to have a a very different feeling to love and what love means to them. It, yeah. The way we pigeonhole things and put a box into things and say, this is an idea, this, it, it sounds very legit. And there's some premises and ideas that come from it that you can go, yeah, that suits some women and mm. really suits some women that, that speaks the language, but it, feels like it's going to miss out a massive load of people on another side. I don't like how we box things in a lot of the time or draw absolutes from, from ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I run, I mentioned earlier this um, emotional support slash personal development group in Lisbon. I run, there's almost like 200 guys in it now. And I see there's a few that have been, have fallen so far down this red pill rabbit okay. hole. That now it's like yeah. their whole worldview is so they can yeah, comprehend. They have these needs, emotional needs, connection, intimacy needs, that kind of thing. But it's like they're seeing things through the red pill lens that's pushing the possibility of real mm. connection away. It's what I mean, like to maybe bring it more mainstream because this is obviously quite a new formed idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, diet or looking at people training, we see this bulletproof plan. And maybe somebody follows that and they look absolutely archetypal, exactly how you want to look from it. But it really isn't going to affect this person down here or this person. Yeah. And maybe, again, if you do a study and 100 people do it and 80 show progression, there's 20 left out. And the more you build upon that and build upon that and build upon that, you need to spark new ideas and new sort of dietary plans or workout plans or whatever it is do you know it just it's so i'm gonna say the word nuanced <laughs> in how we need to approach 
anything and that's why it keeps jobs it's why you've got a a niche market now because everybody you're going to encounter is an individual that's going to have different aspects of the nature to to work out and work with Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense or is it the (laughs) Does, does that make sense i kind of lost you a little bit Oh, Ollie, we were so there. I, I, I say in, when we pyramid scheme stuff or have a, a concept and so carnivore, let's say for dietary. Yeah, yeah. This is what works. Here's a book. Here's a guy promoting it. Here's somebody selling it. Mm-hmm. It probably will work the majority of amount of time for these people. But yeah. Because there's so many people, I just don't feel having a one size fits all makes much sense oh i see what you mean now that's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah, yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah of course yeah well there's like um especially with the with social media and stuff there's groups that can form around basically anything like mm. there was this health fad that happened <laughs> i think it was years ago now called perineum sunning you know oh, you, you know what, you know what the perineum is yeah. <laughs> the perineum is your gooch jagger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it out yeah he's had it out the whole time (laughs) he's just doing the sun in at the back yeah but the idea is that you'd you'd wake up in the morning and you'd get your arsehole out to the sun and you'd let your your son let the sun just give the vitamin D and your arsehole apparently this has staggering health benefits and countless people have come out and just in, in support of this and testimonials and stuff and if you saw the landing page if you saw that if you went to the website mm. and you just you just didn't have any preconceived notions about it about arseholes or the sun or anything you just look at the page you'd be like well I need this <laughs> perineum sunning save my marriage and it's yeah. like oh wow that sounds amazing but actually it's just and then placebo you know I mean? is powerful so the placebo effect for people coming back and reporting oh, this changed my world, this changed my life. Yeah. Then we all go, oh, that must be the thing that works. It doesn't have to be, and nothing has to be so absolute. Yeah. There's so many different ideologies and patterns and thoughts that you can pick up. Yeah, and I made it a point that my group is not going to be a place to peddle any ideology, like yeah. like to peddle it. Or, I, I basically, schemes. Yeah, I basically said this, this group is an open group. We have different ideas. We're clearly going to have a few red pillars in here, no problem, mm. all right? But this will not be a place where you can peddle red pill ideology. Yeah. Um, you can express certain opinions and stuff. I also want you to leave the idea open, the possibility of you changing your mind on certain things open as well. And and yeah, that's 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 kind of that's kind of the stance I took on it. That's to the thing I really like about Buddhism. A principle of theirs is you can refute anything. You can argue against any of these ideas, and if you find something that fits better, then use it. And if you find a new mode and model of thinking that we haven't seen, implement it. Yeah. And I really value that it's forever evolving. It's not just a core set of principles, adhere to this. Yeah. It's saying try and build upon your own over time. It's not just a a box set of thoughts and um, a manual. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rule, makes sense. Rule book. Yeah. Yeah. Matey, so how are you going to evolve the business? Where do you want it to go? Where do you want it to grow? So, so far, my plan is to build an audience, you know, build an audience and and put my message out there, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like an emotionally, like my channel is switched and the tagline is emotionally intelligent dating advice for guys. 
perfect. That's just, that's just so like what it says on the tin. Yeah. So it just it just it's really simple. It just sums it all up. Yeah. Um, so I coach people. I usually do like ninety days to start with, and it's it's virtual as well. As long as they commit to doing the homework, and commit to showing up authentically on calls with me, then you know we we can we can change things. Mm. Um, but also coming out with products. I've also been like someone suggested I write a book because I come out. I posted something on Reddit about nine, ten, ten days ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the seven things that have changed my dating life. And there are seven key principles and mindset shifts and philosophies in a way mm. that's quite simple but really powerful that have changed my dating life forever, pretty much, permanently. Mm. So I posted this on Reddit and it got about 1.6K upvotes. Wow. And a bunch of people sharing it and stuff. And loads of people saying, you should write, can you elaborate on this? Can you like write, write something about it? Some people messaged me privately saying, can you write a book about it? Literally the expanding on these seven principles as chapters. Where could people who are listening to this go and find that then? So... On um, basically on my website olivercowlishaw.com I'm going to come up with a different name for this business, but yeah. So that works. so far it's Oliver. Cow- I've got to spell the surname <laughs> every fucking simple. time. Oh, yeah, you do have to spell yeah, it. Yeah, you I do. Wanna... That's the problem. It's not just like Oliver Reed or Oliver <laughs> Smith. It's Oliver Cowlishaw. What the fuck's that surname all about? But if you just go to my website, uh, the seven things that changed my dating life are on my blog. Spell it out. <laughs> How do people get to Cowlishaw? Fuck me. C-O-W-L-I-S-H-A-W. I have to do Honestly, that every time. Mate, if we're nearly two and a bit hours in. And if people have got to this level, they want to check all your shit Yeah, I was going to say, if, yeah. you're, if you're one of the, one of the two people yeah, that have yeah. listened to me talk. <laughs> me grandma and potentially Chrissy. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah, then, uh, then yeah, if you just go to my... Uh, I'm on Reddit, so if you just type in Oliver Cowlishaw or one word on Reddit, I'm a user on there. But I also, yeah, just my blog, olivercowlishaw.com forward slash blog. So that's for checking out uh, this sort of path that you're on now, the dating. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, that I've, had, I've had to, because my, my, my channel um, directions changed loads of times over the years. Because I've done this, I've been, started this channel in like 2016 or so. Mm. So it's changed a few times. Initially, it started out as being like a, like a Buddhist kind of like spirituality thing. I've really liked it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. I quite liked it for all. I evolved and changed though. I got more real. Yeah. More grounded, more down to earth, less. I like that, that. You, you've not deleted everything of the past, have you? No, though? I've not deleted all the stuff. I love it that people do that. I see, see a lot of musicians. My mate Joey Collins is a bugger for it. And he had a, a massive archive of stuff. And then he reinvents himself, deletes everything and puts a one new song out. Yeah. Like, mate, I, A, really enjoyed that. And even some of the very old stuff, I felt so relatable and oh, this is all self-sufficient. You've built that up. You've got the stuff you can cringe at, but that's what makes me feel I can do what I do yeah, and keep yeah. building up from it. Yeah, well, that's part of the reason why I leave all the old videos on there. Also, so I can go back and look. I have unlisted a few videos that either are just not totally relevant, not you, totally, or... yeah, totally like not on point with yeah. anything, let alone the old brand. Yeah. But um, this next year and moving forward is going to be all about dating, all about relationships, all about helping the shy, quiet guy get a girlfriend, get his emotional intimacy needs met without giving up who he really is, without trying to be something he isn't. Do you do relationship advice as well then? Not that I'm, I'm seeking out now, but I'm thinking you're appealing to a lot of strugglers and people that um, really want to get with women or get with love. But do you help people who are in long-term relationships and having struggles in their partnership i have done but it's not my it's not like my chosen niche 
Yeah, uh, because the initial. Yeah, mine's mine's more the initial. I have been in in long term relationships before. Um, but I just don't feel like I could speak with as much authority and lived experience mm. as if I, you know, because because I was a very different person back then. And it's not like I was consciously doing things that made the relationship work as much. I was just sort of like in a relationship. Let's see if it works. Oh shit, mm. you know. Whereas now, when I'm in my next relationship at some point, whenever that is, I feel like with what I know that'll be there I could consciously and intentionally create the relationship that I want in my life or help mm. do that more so and then once I have that experience at some point I'd love to help people who have been together for a while but lost touch and contact with each other Yeah, I'd love to help them regain that intimacy again that'd be that'd just be Good. such an amazing thing can we do more of these? <laughs> sure. How, how do we make this happen more regularly? Well, I come back. I, I spend a few, spend sea. a few more fucking nine quid tickets yeah. and come back more often. <laughs> it's not bad. That'd is be it? a good nine start, quid? wouldn't it? Well, hopefully. Let's hope COVID wow. sticks around a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> are they all right with you at the sort of borders and stuff? Is are you, are you all jabbed up and stuff? I, I had my first jab. Okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just wondering because I've not had any yet and I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. Got you. <laughs> but I've really. You don't like needles, do you? No. I, I don't like needles and I'm not sure I believe in it all quite yet. As, as soon as the whole consensus or at least 90% of the consensus is yes, I'll I'll dive in. And there's yeah. a, maybe a bit more research down the line, but it just feels too new um, and too much division. That's what I've seen or experienced. But other than that, the only reason I go towards it is because of wanting to travel. Yeah, well, that, well, this this is kind of it for me as well. You yeah, know, just like I don't feel that strongly either way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really you, on a fence. But like, if you're gonna say that you can't get into this country because you're not jabbed up, I'm like, well, fucking all right, let's have a jab then. Bob it in, you know. <laughs> but then you get the people that the not. I wouldn't even label them as conspiracy theorists because yeah. there is very real merit to the idea that look, we don't know how much power they're gonna give up when all this is over. There's some sub- and, and significant some, voices on air at the minute that when the people say follow the science, you go, yeah, but what about his science who's been in it 40 plus years and has a, a certificate and a merit in X, Y, and Z who's saying, I'm not keen on this. You've yeah, got to listen to yeah. those too. Yeah, I mean, you get those people that say that, don't give away your freedoms that easily and stuff, which I also, I, I, yeah, sure. But I'm very much on fences. I'm, yeah, but for me, is like freedom is also freedom to travel around too. For, yeah. me, for my own life, it's like, so I, if that means getting a couple of jabs, I didn't like the possibly growing a third arm later on. Okay, <laughs> well, I can do something with that third arm. I can't get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can't get pregnant. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't like the forceful nature of it all and the turning people on people when then you break down their thought process and you go, well, you're not actually that equipped with knowledge. You're just shouting something they said over there. Mm-hmm. I didn't like sort of the mandated ideology of it all, but I'm really not too adverse to getting it. If it Me, me travel, neither. So. I just, I, I don't like how things become politicized. I, yeah. I actually consistently point the finger at um, social media algorithms. Mm, that seems well, to be the... That's what I mean. When I, when, I, when I get someone who has even the most bonkers to me sounding argument for something or bonkers sounding conspiracy theory mm. i don't see them as a as fundamentally like your character is the problem mm. i just see this as a casualty of the of the algorithm i really do because well, if, you, if, you, like... if you follow it down to its conclusion like it, the base of it it's like well what what allows certain ideas to take root Mm. To to the point where they can become what is essentially a mind virus. Yeah, you know? I've been reading up on mind viruses. Yeah, recently. and it's like, what is that? It's like, well, 
probably an algorithm that is um, prioritized and is incentivized by attention. Yeah. And what seems to get attention for this person, it seems to be this person seems to be binge watching QAnon conspiracy it's content. Outrage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we're going to feed him more of this content. He goes further down the ideological mm. rabbit hole. The algorithm isn't hasn't got a an inbuilt system of ethics. Mm. It's just prioritized by it, it's it's prioritized in, and incentivized by attention, so it doesn't but care. Something but, that's not conspiracy anymore is have you seen the sort of farms in russia and china where they've built up buildings and their sole purpose is to create memes and so on to just turn people on one another so if they know that this proportion of people are going to get really outraged at this proportion for this they're going to create bots and memes to just fire at them so it's Basically, to the term of that divide and conquer, if you can separate a nation and cause such division in it, you can overtake that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of called it, not publicly, but I kind of called it in my head, you know, when uh, Trump won the election. Yeah. I, mad, I was thinking, Putin's had something to do with that. Yeah, you yeah, Because yeah. there was loads of uh, adverts popping up on Facebook about, like, being pro, pro-Trump pro or whatnot. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? If, if your goal is to, destab- like, culturally destabilise... Um, a great nation and turn it on against each other mm. and you've got a weapon like social media and you're the traditional oppo- opposing force to the west such as like yeah. eastern countries and stuff you just be like well this is fucking too easy and you've got mark zuckerberg who's, who will take like whatever money you give him yeah for anything uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can promote fucking anything on facebook adverts as long as you got the money his for objective it. is infinite money <laughs> yeah infinite money you know it's lost all sorts of fucking Mate. sense of humanity did you see that hilarious you know when he was introducing the metaverse yeah and he built his own little he built his person own, he built his yeah better than he did yeah but like, also as he was saying as, as he was saying greetings humans he in the background he had a bunch of photos that looked like they were the photos that come in a frame when you buy it from ikea mm. right no no human being would really have photos like that on his shelf and he also has a random bottle of barbecue sauce on the shelf. Yeah. In a living room. <laughs> so he's clearly, it seems like he's an android who's basically said to his team, make me look human. Yeah. yeah. What do humans have on shelves? <laughs> Meanwhile, his team of androids are like, humans really like barbecue sauce. personable. <laughs> yeah. Put it there. You know, so yeah, I've got my, my feelings Brother, about social media. We, we, fucking bittersweet. That's the powerful thing of this. We could do this forever, couldn't we? <laughs> we could honestly do this well, podcast. if you'll permit me to piss myself as and I'm, I, I'm, here, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm sure, also yeah. bossed in for I'm a sure piss. we can go way longer. <laughs> Dive in. Um, on a, also, my distributor, where I put out the podcast to all the platforms... What is it? Uh, Spreaker. Never heard of that. I used Anchor before. Yeah, Anchor's a, a different one, but it only lets me have... Fuck that angle as well. <laughs> who, needs, who needs the third angle? Um... <laughs> It's come at a great time, though. But it only allows me to have two and a half hours. How long have we been going for? Nearly two and a half hours. I often wonder how the fuck Joe Rogan does it with his guests, but this has been so easy. Yes, this is... I'm a bit gutted you don't live here right now because I feel like I've got a co-host for life. But (laughs) the beauty of technology of what we've just been speaking, we can do this. (laughs) Every time I need you on and just tot up this wonderful dynamic, I can get you back on. Or... I can pay nine quid and just fire you over. Yeah, so. no problem. I love that. Like, sounds like you're balling. Yeah, I flew over, <laughs> yeah. over from Portugal. How much was the ticket? Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. asked too many questions. Uh, uh, honestly, Ollie, um, I'm sure we're going to go maybe to the pub after this or whatever, or just have a sit down here and 
we need to have a chat with Jagger, don't we? We can't leave him out. But <laughs> yeah, so that's Ollie. Right, go now. Bye, Jagger. <laughs> we'll, we'll go and have some sit down and and really get to the meat of it all. Yeah. yeah. But just tell the audience to this camera here where they can find out every. I know you've been through this, but everything that you're up to. Cool. Um, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, you can check my stuff out on my website, olivercowlishaw.com. You go to my YouTube channel, type in Oliver Cowlishaw. Uh, subscribe to that uh yeah so i obviously do one-to-one uh one-to-one coaching based on dating and relationships for as i said earlier shy introverted dudes if you if you fit that description and you want to sort this area of your life out just get in contact um i also do a um an online dating profile upgrade i didn't mention that in the uh, no. <laughs> i didn't mention that in the, in the episode but, episode two yeah but, come in <laughs> yeah exactly but online dating it gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes but like if you can optimize your dating profiles mm. this just gives you a, a constant stream of women who want to meet you and they already they've already chosen you fundamentally more so, chance yeah so if you can sort that area out which is it's such low-hanging fruit for most guys mm. but i do uh i do just like one one or two sessions where i can help guys out with that it's on my website as well no abs out <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think uh, so far it's all going to be on my website moving forward. So if you, uh, you want to check me out there, then you can go ahead and do that. I'll have it in the show notes, guys. Show uh, notes, mate. This has been awesome, hasn't it? Mate, it's been great. I fucking love this. I'm so happy to see you. Honestly, I am. Likewise, mate. It's been great catch up, guys. You've been a part of the Old Farm Bus Back of the Bus Sessions podcast. I'm going to leave you on this. I always do. Just be nice to one another, you beautiful set of buggers. Have a good day. I'll catch you soon. Cheers, man. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Thank you.